What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK Live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, 20 and 23. We are three days away from the Texas Longhorns opening up their 2023 season. Of course, the Horns will take on the Rice Owls this Saturday at 2.30 at DKR. And we will be giving away a pair of tickets to that Texas Rice game during today's show. That's right. Thanks to our friends at Syntex Tickets. I'll give them some love right off the bat. They are hooking us up, which means we are hooking you up with a pair of tickets to this weekend's game. You get to watch the Longhorns for the very first time in person at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. We will tell you in a moment how you can win that pair of those tickets First, good morning, Buck. How are you? Good morning, BK. How are you today, man? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. It's game week. It's hump day. I'm ready to go. I'm sure the Texas Longhorns, this will be the last real physical day uh, of the week for them in preparation to play the Rice Owls. It's over with after today. No, the hay's not in the barn, but it's getting close. You know, the tractor's starting to pull it towards the barn, but it's not quite in there. They've got some things that they have to do, not only today, but Thursday, Thursday is a mental day. Friday is a walkthrough. And then Saturday at 2.30, hot p.m., the game will be played. And it, it was time to kick off this last season in the Big 12. So still some things to be done. You know, you still can't play the game because the game's not played for two more days. But you got to do some mental preparation. But this is a physical day, generally, during the course of game week. This is your last real physical day. Probably some goal line stuff that you'll do. Last real physical day of tackling, so it's still on. It's they're still hitting each other. Yep, right now they need to be. Oh they yeah, need to be. Maybe not for this weekend's game against Rice, but for next weekend's game against Alabama, they got to make sure that there's no tackling epidemic here in Austin, Texas this year, because that has been a thing that showed up way too often over the last 12 to 15 years around these parts. You know what? You have been treating this group like they're a Pop Warner team coming in here. <laughs> I don't get it. Come on. Nice. Treat everybody alike. Never underestimate your opponent ever, 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 ever. And I know who doesn't underestimate their opponent. And that would be the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. Good morning to you. Good morning to the soldiers in the state of Texas. And good morning to everybody that fights for us, all of you that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world. We do appreciate what you do, and we appreciate it every day. And yeah. please be safe out there. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you for that, Bucky. And you're right. I am overlooking Rice, but the Texas football team hopefully is not overlooking Rice. Now, I think the Longhorns can overlook this Rice group and still beat them by three touchdowns or more. But, you know, you want them to be focused on Rice and by doing so, find a way to cover the spread. Yes, you know what cover say, the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover. I want this Texas team to be a great team in 2023. You, uh, you know, 21-point win, 28-point win, that's nice. A win is a win is a win. But we're looking for that uh, five to six to seven touchdown victory on Saturday. Yeah, but you generally don't bet on your alma mater. You're really trying to stay away from betting on Longhorn football sports. But no. Longhorn football games and Longhorn sports in general, you kind of stay away from that, don't you? I will occasionally bet the win total for Texas going okay. into this season. And I hate to admit this, but I'll be up front with the people. That's what we do here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. 
I have made a ton of money. Excuse me. My cousin has made a ton of money. Yeah, not you. In recent years, betting the under on the win total for the Texas Longhorns. Oh, no. Like, that has been one of my cousin's biggest college football bets every single season. But I'm not doing it this year. I'm not betting the under. My cousin's not doing it either. Now, we're not betting the over. I can tell you that. But I at least have enough confidence in this year's bunch to not call up my cousin and tell him to place some money on under nine and a half wins this year. Oh, it's it's going to be over. Don't be afraid of the over. It's there. Yeah. This ragtail group in the Big 12. Who are you kidding me? You Come keep on, saying you keep saying 11 wins. So you think they're going to go well over that nine and a half number? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not worried about teams in the Big 12, except for that one game. There's that one game that I continue to talk about, which is a scary game because it's hard to have, it's hard to have a perfect season. It really is hard to have a perfect season, whether it's in your conference or outside your conference or in the playoffs. It's just it's just too hard to do. And I don't know if this group is ready to have an undefeated season or have just more than a one loss. One loss right now is where I'm looking at. I'm not hedging away from it. I'm not afraid of the one loss season. I really not. And that, and I'll talk about, we'll talk about the game that I'm worried about. And I think every Longhorn fan is worried about because that's just around the corner. But what we're talking about is game one, because we're not going to underestimate the Rice Owls. I did in the 90s and look what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I've been paying for it ever since. Yeah, you have a reason to not overlook Rice. I don't. I was a baby when that game happened. I was born in 1994. That's the last time Texas lost to Rice. They've beaten them 15 times in a row. The Longhorns haven't lost to the Owls in Austin since 1965. So uh, I feel pretty confident overlooking Rice. I will give some credit. Look, Chip and Zay had a Rice analyst. I didn't know those guys existed. But a guy who covers Rice football was on uh, Chip and Zay from 1 to 3 during yesterday's show. If you missed that, definitely check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and right here on YouTube. But he said, look, this is Mike Bloomgren's best and most experienced team that he's ever had at Rice. And he's going into year six. The one experience comes out, huh? Yeah. I mean, they, they do have, according to him, 10 starters back on defense. Now, if you look at Phil Steele's college football Bible, He'll right. tell you that Rice only has seven guys back on defense. But either way, like that's uh, the majority of the Rice defense sure. from last year's back. They also have a bunch of guys back on the offense. They did bring in JT Daniels from insert every other college football program in the country because it feels like he's played at every college football program in the country during his career. Like They are coming off of a five-win season, which is not great, but that did get them into a bowl game last year. I mean, like... Rice has some things going for them to where they're in a better spot now than they were in 2021 when Texas beat them 58 to nothing. So I don't know if it's going to be 58 to nothing on Saturday, but it shouldn't be that far off, Buck. I mean, if it if it's if it's less than 30, then you know, unless we're talking about like Rice scoring two garbage garbage time touchdowns, where it's like Texas is up 42 with five minutes left, and then you know Rice gets a couple of lucky breaks and they end up cutting it to 28. That might piss some cousins off out there. Yeah. Like that, that's not going to upset me too much. But if it's, if it's less than 30, like throughout the course of the four quarters on Saturday, if Texas just can't pull away and run away and hide, then I'll be a little bit upset. Yeah. I mean, but, but, you know, Sark is liable to be in that fourth quarter where you said he's, he may be up 40 and decide to empty the bench and just get guys in the game and not, and not really risk even a third string guy getting hurt. May say, hey, listen, I can't afford to get the backup to the backup hurt 
you know, late in this football game. Yeah, they need reps, but they don't need to get hurt. They really don't need to have guys banged up. I remember this game is at 2.30 in the afternoon. Dude, it's going to be dog shit hot outside. I mean, it is going to be hot. I mean, dog shit hot. I mean, wow. It is. What does that mean? Is that an expression? What what is that? Are you walking around feeling dog crap? It's, it seems to look like it's always warm. Wherever I see it, it looks hot (laughs) to me. So it is going to be. And in the middle of the afternoon, just sitting out there on that turf. No, guys are going to get worn out. The starters will get worn out. The second team guys, when you're just running around with that helmet on out there, you're going to get worn out. And so the head coach is going to look and say, you know what? That guy's a backup to the backup. Give me the backup to the backup to the backup in the game. We're yeah. up by – and they're liable to score two touchdowns. You know, I know the head coach doesn't want that, but, you know, they could give up too late because Rice will have its guys in. They're going to want to say, this is my last shot at, a, at playing a team like Texas. We're playing to the bitter end till we pass out on the field. So, yeah. you know how those late scores go. Yeah. But as you said, this should be well in hand that maybe the backups to the backups to the backups are pounding Rice. Because okay. their starters, their starters can't play four quarters in a football game on at two thirty in the afternoon here. No, but I think Rice is going to have that problem too. Like that's that's true. It's not. It's going to be one sided. Yeah, like I think by the time Texas has its third stringers, and Rice is probably going to have a lot of its backups in too. Absolutely, they probably know what's going to happen on Saturday. But look, they've got aspirations this year, right? They're trying to make another bowl game this year. They're trying to play get to, to win the game. Yeah. Well, they've got, they're moving into a new conference, right? They're in the act this season. So like they're focused on that. They're probably focused on trying to make an impact there. And once again, right. finding a way to get to back-to-back bowl games for the first time in probably a long time. I mean, last year was their first bowl appearance, I think since 2014. So they're trying to build off that season and yeah, they don't want guys getting hurt. They don't no. want guys passing out in that game on Saturday. So I think when Texas kind of calls off the dogs, Rice will do the same and start to bring their backups in. So we'll see, man. Uh, this should be uh, this should be a relatively easy one for Texas. I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, obviously, we're focused on plenty of things besides the score, as is Steve Sarkeesian. But, uh, yeah, 2.30 on Saturday, just three days away. And a lot of you guys have already qualified to win these Texas Rice tickets, all right? Very Here's nice. how you can win. It's it's really simple. All you have to do is be subscribed to the channel, like this video, and leave a comment. And then you're entered for a chance to win. It's as simple as that. Subscribe to the channel, like this video, leave a comment. If you do all of those things, you are entered for your chance to win this pair of tickets to this Texas Rice game on Saturday, where according to Bucky, it is going to be dog shit hot. Yeah, that's a nice promotion for these tickets we're giving away, Buck. <laughs> People are going to be hanging out with dog crap on Saturday. It's really that easy. That's all you have to do. And then how this is going to work after the conclusion of Bucky and BK at 10 o'clock, I'm going to enter all of your names into a randomizer. Randomize it. That's a good job, Randomizer. I love that word. That's a real website, I think, randomizer.com. There you go. And we'll pick a winner, and then we will announce the winner during Trey and BK from 12 to 1 today. So you need to be listening to both. You need to be listening to this show and commenting on this show, but also be tuned in from 12 to 1. Hell, you should be tuned in from 12 to 1 and 1 to 3 all of the time on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But that's how you win. It's as simple as that. And the best part is you don't have to drive to pick up the tickets. You don't have to come to my place in Oak Hill. You don't have to drive out to the Dirty Drip. Now, the tickets will be emailed right to you if you win that easy. Subscribe, like the video, 
Leave a comment. It could be whatever you want, and you are entered for your chance to win that pair of tickets to see the Longhorns open up the 2023 season against Rice this weekend. Buck, want to hear from Steve Sarkeesian? Oh, yeah, I do. I definitely want to hear from the coach. How about the biggest concern going into the year? I thought this was interesting. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but a member of the local media asked Sark this question on Monday. Your biggest concern going into the season. Interesting answer from Steve Sarkeesian here. Take a listen. Naturally, you know, when you, when you lose two players in, in Bijan and Roshan who carried such a bulk of the load for us a year ago, um, what is that going to look like? How's it going to feel? And I think there's good, that's going to be a little bit of a process for us, and that's okay. Um, I think that they've got great players around them. They don't have to go in and try to, you know, some superhuman effort. They just need to do what they've done throughout practice. And um, I think that we've got a good group there. But ultimately, you know, finding that out, you know, we got a glimpse of it in the bowl game. Um, but, but I think now having a spring, a summer, a training camp to get themselves ready, I'm looking forward to watching that group play. I am too. I am too, Coach. That is a position that – I will have my eyeballs on because I want to see what this kid, C.J. Baxter, is he is he the real deal at running back? How soon will he get in the game? How soon will he get adjusted to the, the real college football scene? I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be playing in front of 100,000 hot-ass people out there, and he's going, to be, he's going to be playing in real live action against real live competition. A little bit different than playing against guys who have been used to playing against for the, for the last – it'll seem like since January you've seen those faces – you understand what those guys are about. Now you're going to see some different faces. You'll see different uniforms. But a guy of his high quality ought to be ready to go. His debut ought to be really, really special. But that running back room itself, uh, of course, BK, they've, they've got – it's hard to replace not only the what, what Bijan and Roshan did when it comes to yards and stats, but the leadership of those two guys. They were the leaders of the football team last year. You know, a football team that got a little bit better and it's hard to replace not only when it comes to records, stat-wise, but that leadership. I, where do they look to for leadership? I know they're going to look, you know, they're going to they're look to a lot of young guys to become leaders in a hurry. They're going to look to some defensive linemen, which I like. I like the fact that some of the leadership now moves from the offense to the defense. But that particular room, I hope they don't press. I hope they just kind of do what they've been doing naturally, run the football. They've been running it all their lives since Pop Warner football. So it, it should be – just a natural transition for all of them. But all eyeballs will be on that position. You know, we talk about the wide receiver position and what but that's about. Just think about that running back room. When those two guys are gone, people are going to say, well, who's the next guy up? It is the running backs at the University of Texas. People will eyeball them at all times. Yeah, I think people know what to expect from this wide receiver room, right? Yes. Because we're talking about guys who have been on campus or at least been in college football for a number of years. Uh, we don't have that same situation with the running back room. I know Jonathan Brooks is entering his third year in the program, but right. we saw him in mop-up duty last year. Obviously, he played a lot in the bowl game because Bijan and Rojo opted out, but we still don't really know what Jonathan Brooks is as a runner. And obviously, C.J. Baxter, true freshman, this will be our first real opportunity to get to see what he brings to the table. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a big question mark. I get why Sark brought that up when he was asked about his biggest concern or his biggest question mark going into the season. Running back makes a lot of sense. Now, I feel great about that position, Buck, because yeah, I, do too. I think Jonathan Brooks is a great talent. 
I think C.J. Baxter is going to be a stud. I know what Keelan Robinson is, right? That nice change of pace slash third down back that Texas has. He's a good weapon out of the backfield, both in the run game and more importantly in the passing game. So I think Texas has some dudes there. Like I don't think you're going to see some ridiculous drop-off in production from last year's run game to this year's run game, but we just we haven't really seen these guys when given the big stage. So, you know, Saturday's not a huge stage. Going up against Rice, you're a five-touchdown favorite, but still, it's it's the first opportunity for any of those guys in that running back room to try to prove that they are the best running back at the University of Texas. Well, it's going to be it's it's it, it really comes down to what the offensive line in year number two with these young guys, what they're capable of doing. Can they move the 260 pounders from Rice? You know, the 200 and 55-pound nose guard or whatever, are they going to be able to move him out of the way? Because there has to be holes opened up. That's that's what I'll be looking for. When does the contact come? When do, they, do these guys get into the to the linebacker area before somebody makes contact with them or their guys going to be sitting in the hole? Because I don't know if any of these guys have that capability right now because we haven't seen much of it to make guys miss who are in the hole where a guy has missed the block. So I, I, I think it's I, – I, I like it. You know, but I, but I, but I think more so than what I'm looking back from the running backs is what I'm going to look back and really look at from that offensive line. Yeah, look, that's the good news, right? For these Texas running backs, is that you feel like the offensive line is really, really good. Like I think all of the talent that Texas has on the rest of the offense is going to make life a lot easier for sure. that running back room, right? Like the passing game should be significantly better than what it was in 2022. And for as good as the O line was last year, they were very good. They should be even better here in 2023 DJ Campbell now in the mix. And also just with the year of starting experience under those guys belt, they've got the chemistry, they've got the cohesion to be even better than what they were last year. So I think all of that stuff is going to help these running backs a lot, but you're right. I mean, look, Jonathan Brooks averaged more than six yards to carry last year. Once again, most of it was in mop up duty against other teams backups, but he showed us some things. CJ Baxter, man, the, the reports, out of camp that we've heard about C.J. Baxter. Like, it just – it kind of feels like Alfred Collins on defense and C.J. Baxter on offense. Right. Like, those were the two most talked-about dudes throughout fall camp. And, obviously, it's not just those guys, right? A ton of other Longhorns have been getting rave reviews, which is great news. But it sort of feels like there's been a lot more said about C.J. Baxter than there has about Jonathan Brooks. So, yeah, I, I think C.J. Baxter – I don't know if he gets the first carry on Saturday – but, Buck, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all with just how many positive things we've heard about this dude if that guy, like, leads Texas in rushing this year. Well, I mean, I mean that could that could easily happen, but I'm still going to lean on a guy like Brooks who, you know, I really have seen. I haven't seen – you and I don't get a chance to go to, to practice. You know, we can hear what people say about this kid. And, I mean, if, if he's flashy, does he have the strength? I know I saw him in a goal line run uh, in, in, the, in, the spring, in the spring game. And I didn't like what I saw. I, I, I thought he didn't hump it up in there. I thought he looked around, kind of was feeling his way around, and they needed a yard for a touchdown. And when he came out of the, out of the game, after he had finally got a touchdown, the second carry, his running back coach looked at him and looked at him and said, dude, you needed to be in there the first time you touched the ball. It's a yard and a half. You should have scored the first time. You should have found that little crease and turned yourself sideways and got that touchdown. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from him. I know he's a highly touted kid. I know he's big and lean and he's got great speed. His ability to miss is going to be important. Uh, you know, I always thought about Jonathan Brooks. Does he have that out-and-out -out speed? And I found that out last year. Yes, he does. He's got that breakaway speed that if he gets loose, you're not going to catch him. 
not quite sure with Baxter. We've not seen that from him. We've not seen him in a, in a game situation, whether it's early in a game or late in a game. Will he get to be – hopefully he'll be the number two back and he'll be getting a lot of carries in this game. He should be. You don't want to – now, if Brooke comes in, you know, with that hernia from last year, you got to be careful of what you do with him because this is this will be real live collisions. Now, he yeah. hadn't had much of that scrimmage-wise. So the, the, the bulk of the carries have been blue and C.J. Baxter and the other running backs – uh, now you get a chance to see Brooks full out. First time out there, you're the starter. You know, we haven't seen him since the bowl game. I'm interested in seeing, can he carry the workload, uh, you know, as a now in his third year? Will he be able to do that? Is he the back that Texas is used to having? And I think he is. I really do. I, as you said, this offensive line going into their second year, there should be holes. There shouldn't be guys just leaning on guys. And against Rice, there should be big holes. You yep. know, those double teams should have guys – double teamed into the secondary uh, against a Rice team. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to happen in week two, but I'll take week one. The double team should really matter in week one. There should be holes. There shouldn't be guys in the backfield where these running backs have to sidestep people in the backfield. Yeah, I agree 100%. And you're right. I'm glad you brought up the injury that Jonathan Brooks is recovering from. I do wonder if he's 100%. He was a full participant for the majority of fall camp. So, you know, I think he's good to go. Like, he's going to play on Saturday. There's no doubt about that. I just wonder if we'll see the same effectiveness right off the bat from Jonathan Brooks. But, yeah, an ideal situation for these guys, right, to to leave their mark. In game one, you're going up against an inferior opponent. You've got the game at home, uh, the surrounding talent that Texas has on the offense and the offensive line in particular. Like it should be a really, really good day and a pretty easy day for these running backs on Saturday. Obviously, and an, and, next and an Saturday, for, and an easy day for Quinn Ewers in this offense yeah. line throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. Now, listen, I, I would expect the receivers, those guys that have four or five touchdowns themselves, Quinn Ewers is going to, Sark is going to want to get that kid off to a good start. And you know, people will say, well, don't just start throwing bombs. Let's let's get the whole offense going. Let's get the run game going. Let's get the passing game going. Against a team like this, it all should be going. You know Agreed. what I'm saying? You may have that those first game jitters. And as I said, it's not going to be perfection. Everybody would like to see perfection against a team like Rice. But you're going to have guys who are going to flinch and they're going to get those five-yard penalties and things like that. But there shouldn't be the basics of football, like drop balls if it hits them in the hands. Those things should be getting you off to a good start. A gaping hole for a running back to go 30, 40 yards, not a five-yard run, but a 30-yard. You should see a bunch of that kind of stuff against a team like this. It should happen because it's going to be a struggle the following week, but you need to prepare yourself this week. Like you said, this is still like a preseason game. you got to really – got to do all the things that you want to do. You want to see out of your offense. That's what should happen in this football game. Will it be perfect? No. It won't be perfect, but you know what it should be? It should be – it should be damn close to what you want to see as a coach, what you've been looking for during the course of, of the summertime and what you've worked to have. It should be close to what you're looking for for Sark. You know, he talks about a team that looks like what he wants them to look like. That should happen in game number one. Absolutely. You see this comment? I just got back, and all I heard was Bucky talking about double-teaming big holes. Oh, boy. That's your breakdown of the game, huh? Double-teaming big holes. You're all about that. Gaping holes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you, I'm going to flip the uh, the question that was posed to Sark on you, Buck. What's your biggest concern for Texas going into 2023? Is it that running back room or is it something or somewhere or somebody else? It's not positions. It's the play of the entire team. It's the sloppiness that can happen to you in game one. And, you know, we always talk about uh, in coaching that, you know, the biggest 
change in your team is from game one to game two, good or bad. So, and most of it is generally good. I mean, that first game, there'll, there'll be things, you know, 12 guys on the field, things like just pop up, you know, the imperfections of football and guys not in tune right away. You know, they still have that, they're still in that scrimmage, two-a-day, summertime mode. And, you, and especially when you're playing a team like this, if this was the Alabama game as your first game, everybody is geared in. I mean, everybody is, you know, on their P's and Q's. They're ready to go. But in a team that, that you're better than, you seem to you, – you can get a little lax in a game like this, and you can look sloppy. That's what I look for. I look for the sloppiness. There, there shouldn't be any – there should be a little bit of a fight early the first couple series. But after that, this game should be just about over going into the second, second and third quarter. After halftime, it should be over. But I don't, I don't like the sloppiness. I don't like the, the, the goofy penalties, and I definitely don't like – goofy 15-yard penalties for some guy who wants to fight some kid at Rice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or take some weird cheap shot, and you're going – Don't be fighting the nerds, man. All right? Those, those guys are engineers. They're future doctors and yes, lawyers. Don't be like, fighting my doctor, you yeah, know? Don't be, don't be fighting those guys, all right? And don't yeah. be jumping off sides. Don't be taking unnecessary hits on guys. I know you're all geared up because now you're not playing your – you know, now you're not playing your boys – you know, you're not playing your your dorm boys or your apartment boys. You're playing against somebody else. But you gotta you gotta be under control. Hopefully, this team will be under control. They'll be sharp. You know, preparing themselves for for the rest of the season. But this is a game that you get sharp in. You know, this is a game that when Sark says, "I want my team to look like the way I thought they would look," this is the game you do it. Yeah. But will it be perfect? No, it, it never is. That first game is never perfect. You know, yeah. it, there's always going to be some things that you have to clean up, which is okay. That's why you have a first game like this. That's why you play the scrubs early. That's why you're not starting out with Notre Dame or Alabama or Georgia. You're, you're playing rice. You're giving somebody a paycheck. So let them earn the paycheck. You go out and do the things that you need to do because it really, when it comes down to it, it won't be about rice. You know that. It'll be about the University of Texas. It'll be about this Longhorn football team. All eyes will be on them. There's not going to be very many eyes except for the parents of the and the girlfriends of the kids from Rice that come up the road from Houston <laughs> and see them play. But all eyes will be on the Longhorns, on the quarterback, on this big offensive line. Is the defense gotten better even from last year? This fantastic secondary that I believe they have, pressure on the quarterback, holding the fort on the corners, holding the edges, things like that. The simple things that you should do against Rice, they need to be done against Rice. Not what we, what we should have done. We shouldn't be at postgame talking about here's what they should have done. It should be what they did in that football game. It'll be about Texas. Yeah. I know we played this cut yesterday, but it's a perfect follow-up from what you just said. Here's Steve Sarkeesian talking about what he wants to see on Saturday besides, obviously, a victory. First of all, you think about first games, you know, and I I watched them Saturday. I look at substitution errors. (laughs) You know, you got 12 on the field. You got 10 on the field. I look at some of the pre-snap penalty things. Uh, I look at tackling. Um, I look at our coverage units in the return game. We're seeing big returns uh, this past weekend. So inevitably, you know, I want to see us execute. And all of that is kind of encompassed into that, whether it's pre-snap or post-snap. Our ability to execute, communicating really well, being on the same page, and then play our style of football. Yeah, and I didn't say say communicate. Communications will be – this is a a real football game, so the communications between – quarterback, wide receiver, running backs, uh, running backs picking up blitz. You know, Rice is going to feel like we have to bring somebody. You know, when C.J. Baxter's in the football game, 
I mean, here's a young guy who's a, who's a freshman. Rice understands they can't just sit pat and just, you know, sit back there and play base defense. They'll get hammered. So they're going to have to take some chances. Is C.J. Baxter ready to pick up a blitzing linebacker? I mean, we don't know. I mean, he's been in high school. This is different when they start coming at you for real and trying to get to the quarterback and trying to kick you in the face and move you out of the way. So these types of things, this will be important to see. You know, we'll be talking about how they Rice blitzed Texas and they came out to Quinn Ewers and the running backs picked up the blitz. Or the offensive lineman, you know, they passed the guy off to the next guy, got outside, got the outside rusher. That Those are the things we'll, be, we'll need to talk about. But we want to be talking about those things in a positive light. And that's what the head coach wants to see. He doesn't want to see guys come clean and hit his quarterback or a running back get run over by a kid from Rice when what you have to do is play against roll tie the following week and you're going to see what linebackers really look like, you know. Those are the things that, that the head coach is going to want to see. He doesn't want to see pre-snap penalties. You don't want to see returns in the punt game. He wants to see his team returning nice balls down the field, whether it's kickoff, coverage. He wants to see things happen good on his side, not on the other side. Agreed, 100%. A reminder, we are giving away a pair of tickets to see the Longhorns take on the Rice Owls this Saturday at DKR. All you have to do, be subscribed, like this video, and leave a comment. The comment can be whatever you want it to be. Those three steps, all you need to take to have a chance to win that pair of tickets to see the Longhorns take on the Rice Owls. Thanks to our friends at Sentex Tickets for making that possible. You know, Bucky, you know the first step you should have taken, though? Exactly. A week or two ago, you needed to call Tom McKay and AB Consultations because football season is here. Golf season has been here, and now the FedEx Cup is over with. You need to get this in order. Get your business in order when it comes to college football, high school football, the NFL, and AB Consultations has everything you need for the entertainment system of your dreams. And you don't have to shop around for the TVs, the sounds, the mounts, the equipment. Tom McKay and his staff, they're going to bring it right to you, and they're going to hook it up for you. Don't you try to hook up your own deal. Don't go to the big box stores and buy a big screen TV and then get the mounts, and you start drilling holes in your walls. Let Tom do that for you. They're one of the largest dealers of most television and audio brands, and they've got the hottest items right there in stock, which is very, very important. And, folks, when it comes to TVs and Sonos audio equipment, they're not going to jack up the prices on you, the consumer. Tom will not do that. That's not what he's all about. Give them a call today at 512-255-8678, and they are the smart guys that don't make you feel stupid unless you're doing the stuff yourself. Give them a call today, audiovisual consultations. I like that. Yeah, you are stupid if you try to do all of that stuff yourself, right? Don't go out there and buy the equipment and try to hang it up. Don't hire that jabroni off of one of those abs to do it. Now get the pros to do it. You get better deals on the equipment if you let AV Consultations buy the stuff for you, and you know they're going to do a bang-up job. The best part, there's no wire sticking out, right? You see these TVs behind me? Why are you looking behind you? They're behind me. Dude. I see yours, but I've got this big 85 inch to the side of it. And I just, I'm like, I know the folks you see, can't you see, see these TVs behind me and you're looking the I other the way. Folks, I'm like, I know the folks can't see that, but there's uh -oh. a monster over there. A oh. monster on the yeah. wall right there that they need to check out. And Tom's got it all. And if you want a theater, if you got room enough, like the buck, I mean, <laughs> you can get a hookup that, you know, you can see little mermaids. Like when I want to see the, the, take my grandkids upstairs. If I want to have a theater upstairs, I can do that. You know, did I just say Little Mermaids? Little Mermaids was when you were like a child, wasn't it? It was, but I think they just made a new Little oh, Mermaid. Oh, that's right. The other Little Mermaids, they got a new one that's out. 
And yeah. I've never, you know, I have never seen any of the Pixar movies. Do you realize Grandpa Coach Godbold has never seen Toy Story 1, 2, or 15? Never seen it before. You've never seen any of them? No. Now, when I get in my cowboy outfit, you know, when I put my chaps on and I've got my little 22, you know, Henry rifle, I do look like the black uh, Woody. But, <laughs> That's but, the uh, broke back buck look that you're oh, talking yeah, about. But I, right? I have not seen one of those. And so I think that's already past my all my grandkids. They probably have that's that's come and gone. Yeah, story. I, I, they've got to be into number eight by now or whatever. Yeah, I guess your kids are too old because most of those movies came out in the '90s or the early 2000s, right? Oh yeah, your kids were too old for that at that point, and obviously you were too old to be watching <laughs> kids. So, man, that's crazy that you've seen none of those. I've never seen Incredibles, any of Monsters Inc. None of that yeah. stuff. I don't know. What about like Snow White or Cinderella? I saw all of those, but those were back when it was black and white. Oh, okay. What yeah, about I Lion saw, King? You seen yeah, the Lion King? I did see Lion King. Yes, I did. Akuna uh-huh. Matata. Yeah, for sure. Oh. I did. I did see the Lion King. Yeah. I watched now, that. I be- now I believe you because you said Akuna Matata. I definitely believe that you've seen the movie. But I. But that was for myself. That wasn't with anybody. I just saw Lion King with <laughs> me. And good uh, happy birthday to my sister, my youngest sister today, Sunny Anita. Happy birthday to you as she turned my youngest sister turns 50 today. Wow. I am an old dude. How old are you? 68? 68, yeah. There's a Man. gap. There's there's a little bit of a gap. Is are 18 the- years is 18 years a little gap, or is that you are old? Man, I mean, I thought my siblings had a big gap in between them, right? My older sister is 14 years older than my youngest. Wow. 14 or 15, something like that. I should know that. It shouldn't take me this long to figure that out. I'm sure my parents are thrilled listening well, to that. Well, look on the right refrigerator. They're all the birthdays should be on the refrigerator. <laughs> Dude, I'm under the age of 60. I don't have birthdays on the refrigerator. I have well, them on Facebook. My, 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 my oldest sister had to make sure that I knew that was my younger sister's birthday. Oh. So I got that text this morning. That's how they do that. That's how we do it here. We, yeah. we They all send me text messages of, this grandkid, it's their birthday. Remember, two days from now. I don't, I don't mentally keep that. I, I barely got my own kids who are grown kids now. What their birthdays are? Yeah. I know it's April, May, April, May, March, April, May, March, April, May. Sometimes you don't know what days that, when you I just text it. them on a random day in those <laughs> months. I just hit it on the month, the first of the month. Happy birthday! Oh my God! Do you at least know which kid is which month? I do. I do. That's okay. what I'm saying. I know that. March, April, May. So I'm good. Yeah, I'm good that, to go. That's when you know you're old. If uh, you've got birthdays and holidays and important dates, anniversaries, all of that stuff. If you got them pinned to your fridge. Oh, I'm sorry. I have four. So it's February, March, April, May. I you forgot, forgot you forgot you had a kid? I forgot the one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the one in February. That would be my son, Kyle. Sorry about that. Yes. There are four of those. I've got four kids, two boys, two girls. Yes. Oh, my God. That's what uh, happens when you're the adopter one. Shoot. People tend to forget. Yeah, How's I guess that? so. Okay. I guess, I guess so, uh, Sandra Bullock. I guess you forget. <laughs> <laughs> you forget about your adopted kid that oh, you may or may not actually have adopted. Have yeah. we settled that? Has that been settled yet? Are you still mad at Sandy Bullock for that? Yeah, I'm pissed. Blind, you got blind and Tim McGraw. Both of them. How could they do that? They to Michael nothing, Orr. They had nothing to do that. 
poor homeless kid. They just lied to him for decades. And they're still lying to him. Come all on, those rich celebrities. They got all that money. And, and they're doing they that. to adopt the kid. That's a bad bit, Sandy. That bad, is bad bit. A bad bit. All right, before we shift gears, because I know you wanted to talk about the Cowboys, because Trey Lance touched down in Dallas yesterday, and he met with the DFW media for the first time since the trade went down. We'll uh, tell you some of what he had to say. I do want to give some love to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery. Hey, if you're looking for a great beer throughout football season, make it Altstadt beer. Of course, the tailgates, the watch parties, it all comes back this weekend. Make sure you're showing up with some Altstadt beer. You're going to be the life of every party you go to if you show up with Altstadt. They've got a number of different brews, something for everybody at the tailgate, something for everybody at the watch party. Most importantly, they've got something for you. And Altstadt is easy to find. H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, 34 Wine and Spirits. I'll give them some love. There you go. They've got the Altstadt beer. Of course, if you're hitting bars and restaurants to catch the games all season long, make sure you ask your bartenders for Altstadt beer. It's the best beer there is all across the state of Texas. Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. Yeah, a gentleman in front of me yesterday, I grabbed a to-go order from Jack Allen's kitchen is having an Allstat. He was having, he had two while I waited. So he downed that blonde, that blonde beer. It was, he looked like he was enjoying it because it went in a hurry. The first one was gone. I first got there, it was full. By the by the time they brought it out, it was gone and he was on his second Allstat. So there you go. He must have been a tasty one, let me tell you. It is a tasty one, man. It is a tasty one. And how about that? That's a nice Tuesday afternoon right there. Yes, it was. A couple of cold ones. Good for him. Good for him. Okay, Bucky, Trey Lance, it, it, it's still weird, but now we have to call him Dallas Cowboys quarterback Trey Lance. Touchdown in Dallas yesterday, met with the media for the first time since becoming a member of the Cowboys, and some quotes from the newest member of the Dallas Cowboys. Quote, I really tried to not expect anything one way or another, but I could say when I heard the Cowboys, I had a big smile on my face. I'm very excited to be here. He also added, it's not how I expected to go. It's not how I think a lot of people expected to go, but I believe that everything happens for a reason. I think I'm here for a reason, regardless of what it is. I'm just trying to find a way to help this team. End quote. So you are there for a reason. You are there to put pressure on Dak Prescott. Uh, That's what the reason that you're there for. That's why they, they gave up a fourth round pick for you. They want to find out if you are for real. If you're at the point of your career where you're healthy, you can move around and you can you can help this team, but more so than that, can you help this quarterback out? But, yeah, people are saying this puts too much pressure on Dak. I mean, this guy's been in the NFL for a good number of years. He, this pressure is – he needs to have pressure on him. He needs to play better. And if Trey Lance comes in there and he starts to, to get himself he- healthy and become more than the backup to the backup, then that is going to put a little pressure on Dak. Dak needs to have a fire lit under his ass after last year. He really, really does. He's been he's been okay, but he's not okay enough to take the Dallas Cowboys to where they want to go. This was a pressure move by Jerry Jones. When you don't say anything to the to the quarterback himself that you play paid big money to, uh, a big contract to, and you don't say anything to the coach, and you just go and pick up a a a quarterback from San Francisco that everybody's been wondering about, and you bring him to the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, that's pressure on Dak. I mean, I don't understand what anybody thinks it is. Somebody's saying, well, no, they're just getting a backup. No, that's for the that's for the quarterback who's the first-team quarterback right now to understand, you know, when he starts getting trying to get back to the negotiating table again, they're going to look at him 
and they're going to find out what Trey Lance is all about. Now, Trey Lance may be gone in the year. They may find out, dude, this guy can't even handle, you know, handle the scout team. We, we need to get rid of this dude too. But this is a guy who is the third pick in the draft in what, 2020? You know, 2021. Is, 2021. Mm-hmm. This is pressure for Dak Prescott. This is Jerry doing this intentionally. This isn't about trying to find out. He knows what Cooper Rush is. Cooper Rush was 4-1 and one last year. He knows that Cooper Rush can still lead this team and do what he needs to do to win games. I mean, they're going to find out if Trey Lance is a good enough quarterback to be the backup to Dak Prescott, yes. But is it pressure on Dak Prescott? Yes, I believe it is. And is it really, it? though? Is, huh? it really, is, is Trey Lance really good enough to be putting pressure on Dak Prescott? Like, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's why the Cowboys made the trade. And I really think that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are dumb enough to believe that bringing in Trey Lance is actually going to scare Dak Prescott and send some sort of message in regards to contract negotiations going forward. But well, it's about contract negotiations. Yeah. I mean, come on. Does Trey Lance really scare Dak Prescott? Seriously? with what that guy has done in this league. I mean, I know he's gotten hurt every single season, so we don't have the fullest picture about what Trey Lance is as an NFL quarterback, but what we have seen from him on the field in the regular season and in the preseason has not looked good at all. What we've seen from Dak, I know he's coming off of his worst year of his career. There's no denying that. He's coming off of a bad season, and he needed to be better, and if he was better, maybe the Cowboys would have made it to the NFC Championship game. For which, the means it was the, which means it would have been the best year for Trey Lance in the NFL. What do you mean? That's bad year last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Dak played more than like three games. Like that. Trey Lance hasn't even been able to stay healthy. Like, I don't think Dak looked at that trade and was like, oh man, I really got to pick up my game now. If I don't play better this year, then Trey Lance is going to take my job. And, you know, I wasn't even going to try now. I, I figured I could coast. But now that Trey Lance is here, I really got to button my game up a little bit to make oh, sure. Oh, he's going to have good. to button his game up. Anyway, because yeah, this he, is- he wants he wants a contract. He doesn't give a rat's ass about Trey Lance. He wants he knows what's at stake here. He knows if he goes out and has a really really good season, he is going to get paid next off season, right? Like he's got two years left on his deal, so he doesn't have to get paid. But if Dak goes sure. out, plays really well, and finds a way, I don't think he has to, but obviously, if he finds a way to get the Cowboys over the hump and get them to that conference championship game, he knows he's going to get paid regardless of Trey Lance. To me, that that was enough motivation for Dak. I think he cares about the team. I think he cares about himself. I think he cares about his play. Like, all of that stuff, the dude's competitive as hell. That, I think, alone was enough for Dak Prescott. You throw on the contract stuff on top of it, sure. the dude didn't need any extra fuel. Like, I think the Cowboys are dumb enough to believe that Trey Lance is going to provide it. I, I don't think Trey Lance scares Dak Prescott at all or excites Dak Prescott or lights that fire under his ass. Like, I, I don't think it has any impact on Dak's play this year. Well, I think it still will be motivational to, to know that they went out and never even spoke to him about it. This, I mean, to me, the move was about, well, whether whether you think it is or not, but Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, this was a pressure move to put on Dak Prescott. I mean, you don't just go out and, you know, I, I mean, a fourth is, I guess you do it for a guy that who's never really, really played, but I, I believe Jerry thinks it is. I think Stephen Jones thinks it is a move to make Dak Prescott or help Dak Prescott along the way. Let's just get a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? No, Dak Prescott needs to get a lot better than what he played like last year. And if and if you can sacrifice a fourth rounder to bring in a guy who's never really played the game, and just as you said, that's not going to put pressure on him. The guy's never played the game at at this level before. He's never really 
He's never he's never been in more than four games. I mean, even though Dak missed five himself last year, you know, with his thumb and everything else that goes along with him and his 15, 16 interceptions, they think it's a move that's going to put pressure on Dak Prescott. Jerry, I believe, believes that. Yeah, and I think they're foolish to believe that. And, you know, if Dak bounces back and has a really good year this year, uh, they're going to have to Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but Jerry is also going to be like taking credit, probably publicly, because we're putting he's the pressure going. on him. Yeah, it's like, ah, yeah, that, that, that all happened because I made that trade to go get Trey Lance. Like, that's the reason Dak Prescott played well. If I didn't give up that fourth round pick for this proven bust, uh, then nah, Dak would have had a bad year and the Cowboys would have had a bad year. But no, I'm the genius who got this thing done. Like, they should be I saying did. Cooper, they should be saying Cooper Rush is the read the pressure on yeah. Dak Prescott, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cooper Rush, I think, is one of the better backup quarterbacks in football. That's why, like, yeah. I, I still can't quite figure out why. I know I, I agree with you. I think that is the Cowboys' rationale for right. why they made this move. But for me, BK, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I still I, I can't find a legitimate reason why this trade makes sense. And I get a fourth-round pick is not super valuable, and I know you're getting Trey Lance on the cheap compared to what the 49ers gave up to get him. And obviously where they selected him in the draft a few right. years ago, I get all of that. But I just don't like wasting draft picks anywhere. And you could find really, really talented players in the fourth round. Like we've seen that over the course sure. of the NFL. I'll keep it in Texas. Like the Texans drafted Damian Pierce in the fourth round last year. Right. That guy that guy looks like a top 10, borderline top 10 running back in football. Like, that's just one example. You can find impact players in the fourth round. So just to give that up for a guy that, in my mind, the best case scenario is that Trey Lance doesn't play like, can, at all. Well, like the, that, the best, you're just the best up a draft pick for nobody. Well, the best case that he looks good enough in games that he may get in, so he becomes trade bait. Yeah. And then no, you say yeah. goodbye to him in a year or two. Once again, yeah. then he'll be going in about his eighth year in the NFL and not be a starter, That which means he's, he'll end up being a lifetime backup. But once again, we just have never seen him healthy, whether it's bad luck, bad moves, bad body. Um, for Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, they believe this is a move, and they think they're putting pressure on Dak Prescott. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Dak Prescott's a hardworking guy. He's going to work hard at his craft. Is he good enough? Well, we'll just find out. I mean, can he cut down on the interceptions? Of course he can. That, that was ridiculous last year. That was a culmination of not only Dak Prescott, but his wide receivers not catching balls, bouncing off yeah. their helmets and bouncing off their hands into the arms of defenders. So it wasn't just Dak Prescott. Plus, they didn't run the ball well enough last year. There were a lot of things going on with what happened last year. So he, he'll, this pressure, well, it won't be, but Jerry believes it's the kind of pressure that will do it. Yeah, uh, I didn't have to go to Houston for examples of really good fourth round picks. Dak Prescott himself and Tony Pollard, fourth round picks. Like that's that's what the Cowboys just gave up. Look, maybe they have plans to bring Trey Lance in to some sub packages this year, right? Like maybe he's a short yardage type of quarterback. Maybe he's a goal line type of quarterback where they can use his legs to pick up some yards because we talked about it last week. You know, Dak Prescott's not nearly as much of a runner now no. as he was in college or at the start of his NFL career. So maybe they do have some plans for Trey Lance to play this year, but yeah, you could, you could find impact players in the fourth round. I, I don't like just giving up that pick for a guy who, could be a third string quarterback. Well, I mean, I don't like giving up a pick just to try to scare somebody. Yeah. I, I mean, somebody that's played in the NFL before that's been in a position like quarterback and has to lead the team. I, I don't believe in bringing that kind of pressure into it. He doesn't no. need that. He doesn't, 
he doesn't need that anyway. He doesn't need that kind of pressure put on him. He's going to get better because he wants to get better. Agreed. You know? 100%. How about uh, some Houston Texans conversations? We talk a little bit more NFL this morning on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Reminder, we are giving away a pair of Texas Rice tickets. All you have to do to enter our contest is subscribe to the channel, like this video, and leave a comment. It's that simple. After our show ends at 10, I'm going to enter all of y'all's names into a randomizer. I will pick a winner, and the winner will be announced during Trey and BK from 12 to 1 a little bit later on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So make sure that uh, you do all of those things for your chance to win that pair of tickets to see Texas take on Rice this weekend. Uh, Some unfortunate news out of Houston, Buck. Second-year offensive lineman Kenyon Green, who, of course, played his college ball at Texas A&M, he is out for the season. He has been placed on season-ending injured reserve. You were not. Houston. You weren't excited about him. You put the whammy on that dude. Uh, he had shoulder surgery, tore his shoulder up in the Texans' final preseason game against the Saints this past weekend, and he is going to miss the entirety of the 2023 season. Uh, yeah, Kenyon Green had a very, very disappointing rookie campaign last year. Former top 15 pick in the draft. The Texans took him. When you draft an interior offensive lineman, you feel like those guys are usually safe and you feel like, oh, there's no way we're going to miss on this dude, right? Not the sexiest pick, not the flashiest pick, but hey, we need to build on the lines of scrimmage. We'll take this interior offensive line and we know we can plug him in at a guard spot and he's going to be our guy for the next 10 years. That's what the Texans thought they were getting with Kenyon Green. He had a really, really bad first year and he's not going to play at all in year two. Uh, Starting to maybe need to use the word B, the word B, the B word for Kenyon Green because things are not looking good for him. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, hopefully he'll rehab and be ready to go the following year. But you're right. When you miss two seasons as an offensive lineman in the NFL, that is tough to – that's tough to overcome because, as you said, when you draft those type of guys that high, those guys are there, you know, a dozen years. And you, you plug and play those guys, guard, tackle, guard, tackle, right, left. I mean, you move them all over the place in their careers. This guy's career may never get started which I hope doesn't happen. I hope he's ready to go and we'll get that done. But that was that was quite the pick for the Texans. Yep. Quite the pick. Yeah, now the Texans 2022 draft is uh, not looking great right now, right? I mean, they took Derek Stingley Jr. with the third overall pick. They great took pick. one pick before the Jets took Sauce Gardner, who was an all-pro as a rookie last year. So – you know, jury's still out on Derek Stingley Jr. He was hurt last season, missed a lot of the season, but that was the big knock out of him, the big knock on him coming out of LSU is That's that true. he gets hurt a lot, right? His last couple of seasons in college, he wasn't able to play the full years because of injuries. And of course, his first year in the NFL, he gets hurt. And then the guy who was selected right after him goes out and wins the Defensive Rookie of the Year award and looks like one of the best corners in all of football. And then, yeah, Kenyon Green with that second first round pick, number 15 overall. Uh, that guy looks like a huge miss right now. There's still a chance. You don't want to completely close the book on somebody after just two years in the league, but it couldn't be a more disappointing first two years in the NFL for Kenyon Green. And, yeah, there's a little egg on the face of Texans GM Nick Casario for that 2022 but draft. But you were okay right with Stingley when he did play last year. I mean, when he was out there, he was he's pretty good. Yeah. He's a, when he's healthy, he's a good football player. Yeah, it wasn't perfect for Derek Stingley Jr., but no, I, I liked what I saw from him last yeah. year. And, I mean, that, I mean, was, that was a pretty good secondary, and the kid from Baylor that came there, they, that was they, – they've got some pieces. 
uh, for the future. If, if, like you said, if they stay healthy, you know, it doesn't make any difference. If you, you know, you can't make the club in the tub. I mean, if, if that's what's going to happen, then that's always going to be a problem. But if they're on the field and they're productive when they're on the field, I think the Texans do have a nice secondary and, and the makings of a nice secondary. Yeah, I did too. You're right. Jalen Petrie, the uh, yeah. second-year player out of Baylor, he was a stud in college. I always said when I was doing radio in Houston, you know, when I when I saw Jalen Petrie play at Baylor, yes. I always felt like there were two Jalen Petries on the field. Like that guy oh, was yeah. everywhere, man. You talk about flying to the football. That guy was the dictionary picture of flying to the football. And every time the Longhorns played Baylor, it just felt like Jalen Petrie had like 20 tackles and two interceptions and a forced fumble. Like that guy was a beast and he was really, really good as a rookie last year. So yeah, the Texans do have some young pieces for sure. Yeah. And that, and, and Petrie reminds me of, of the young player that, well, not young any longer, but the kid that's at Texas now that came from Arkansas, another guy that when you, when he's healthy and when he's at his best, it looks like two of them on the field at safety. He's everywhere. And, I worry about him still knocking himself out. I don't want to see him knock himself out against Rice this Saturday. I really don't. Yeah. Don't, you know, he hadn't been on the field in a while, and I know one thing. When he hits, he hits like a missile. If Jalen Catalan gets hurt in the fourth quarter of the Texas-Alabama game after he already has 10 tackles and two forced fumbles, then okay. Okay. He helps Texas win that game in Tuscaloosa, yeah. and then he gets hurt. That's that's all right. I obviously don't want him to get hurt at all. Hopefully he plays all 12 games because if he does, I think Texas's chances of winning the Big 12 are significantly higher. Like sure. he, He's got a chance, speaking of chance, to be the best player on this Texas defense. Like yes. I think he, if he actually stays on the field this year, I think he will be the most impactful player on this Longhorn defense. No disrespect to Jalen Ford, who should have been the conference defensive player of the year last season. No right. disrespect to, you know, Ryan Watts or Devondre Sweat or Baron Sorrell or Alfred Collins or any of those dudes. That's just the type of player Jalen Catalan can be. So obviously if he stays healthy over all 12 games, this defense is going to be better, which means this team is going to be a lot better. But yeah, if he gets hurt this weekend, once again, if it, if it happens in the fourth quarter after he helps Texas uh, win a game oh, at yeah. Alabama, then then okay, I can live with that. But yeah, if we're talking about a season ender or even a significant time ender, that's not a thing. Yeah, that dude needs to be this, against Rice. Yeah. Then that's that's gonna hurt, Buck. That dude needs to be in this game so he can break a sweat and this team be out to a lead, and then he can go sit on the sideline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put a ball cap on. You know, get a get a couple cups of Gatorade and not get back out there any longer. He doesn't need to be in there in the third quarter. He needs to be done. He needs to be done at halftime when they go in. He needs to stay in. I he mean, needs to be. He, he needs to be sitting with his folks in the stance. You know, no, you never we don't do that. do that. We don't. We don't do that at any given time. Do you leave the football field? And I <laughs> and I certainly didn't mean he stays in the locker room. I mean, he comes back on the field at half. I mean, he doesn't even have to take keep his shoulder pads on. You know, put his make sure that his helmet's near him. So if he's called upon, which he shouldn't be called upon again, you know, not even by accident. You know what I mean? The only, only coach should come over there is the one putting his arms around him and saying, nice game. We'll be ready for Alabama next week. But, no, that guy shouldn't be in there in the fourth quarter. And he is very important to them. That's why I said I think this will be one of the best secondaries in the country, you know, midseason or so. If that guy's not in it, I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's how important he is to this football team, especially this defense. Agreed, 100%. He should not play in the second half. I'm oh, no. not even sure he should play in the second quarter of this game. 
on Saturday. Take away his shoulder pads. Hell, if Texas needs a safety in the fourth quarter, call me up. I'll go out there and play. I'll go out and separate my shoulder. I don't I don't care. I can give one of these up. I just talk for a living. Dude, they uh, will we, separate your brain. Even Rice what? will separate your brain. It's already separated, dude. There's <laughs> not much in there right now. And oh, yeah. Boy. Of course, Rice is going to beat me in an academic decathlon. Yeah, they'll 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 pick my brain apart in something like that. Those nerds, I got no shot against them. No shot. You're estimating the opponent continually, aren't you? You won't do that next week. Hey, you won't do that next week, though, will you? Of course you? I won't do that next week. And no. From that point on, you won't underestimate another opponent, correct? I'll probably underestimate Wyoming. Or the Cougars? The Cowboys? Oh, the Houston Cougars? Yeah. Mm. Yes, you will. Yes. Yeah, I think That's I another will. another stomping ready to happen. I watched every U of H football game last yeah. year, and they are worthy of being overestimated. And, oh, by the way, they lost their two best players. Yes, they have on offense. Their quarterback, sure. Clayton Toon, and, of course, the wide receiver, Tank Dell, is now with the Houston Texans. Like, yeah, I love Dana Holgerson. Great dude. Hilarious. Really enjoyed working with him over the last couple of years. But uh, his seat's starting to warm up down there, and I think uh, they're in for a rude awakening in their first year in the Big 12. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll overlook them. I'm going to assume Texas is going to win that game by a few scores. And look, that game's not till the end of October, so we'll know way more about both teams right. by the time we get there. But uh, that should be – look, Texas is coming off of a bye, right? You've got Oklahoma bye week and then at Houston. That that should be a game that Texas takes care of business of pretty easily. So I won't overlook anyone more than I'll overlook Rice because they're there just a go. bunch of nerds. That's proven. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh, I love that. I love I'll it. I'll tell you what, this Wyoming, team, this Wyoming team, you know who they play this weekend, Buck? Who, Michigan? Texas Tech. Texas Tech goes to Laramie to play at Wyoming. So, will the, will the commissioner be able to affect – oh, he won't be able to affect the officials, will he? Yeah, he'll be up there in Laramie making sure that his best friend, Joey McGuire, oh, doesn't yeah. get upset by Wyoming. I'm pretty sure he'll be there on the Texas Tech sideline wearing their gear. No doubt about it. Yes. Yeah, so, Let me so tell you about speaking of speaking of on the sidelines and, and and everywhere else. How about our friends at Covert? Our good friends out at the Coverts. And we we love them, BK. And they've been selling cars and trucks since 1909, the Covert family. And they're selling cars, trucks, anything you need, SUVs, they've got it. And they've got 42 acres out there in the hill country located in B Cave, Texas. Beautiful BKs. They've got uh, new state-of-the-art auto dealerships carrying seven brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, of course, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep. And that's right, you dove hunters. The Ram is out there waiting for you. So go on out there. They've got a little bit for everybody. And then they're at their BKA service department. They will service all GM models, 86 service bays throughout. And, folks, time your time is important to you, so you're not sitting around there out at the dealerships for five or six hours. If you've got a problem with your car, let them handle it. As I said, they handle all the GMCs. And let's not forget, they've got Ford in Hutto. And, of course, they've got Ford Lincoln right there in Austin. Say hello to the gang out there, Dan and Mike and Stacy. And, of course, nobody beats a covert deal. Not now. Not ever. Remember that. Not now. Not ever. Mm-mm. It's impossible. It can't be Done. No, it can't be done. That is for sure. Shout out to the coverts. I got the covert lid on this morning, Buck. Yeah, love I, I, love, I love that lid. But they've got some different types of lids for us, and we, we can't wait to get them on. 
And uh, we'll have some big announcements coming here soon for sure. Oh we can God. tell we the have, folks too we what we're doing. So many big announcements coming up on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We've already told the people that next Friday, the day before yes. the Alabama game, we are going to be out at Covert Bee Cave talking football. Food will be provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's. Yes. Legendary lifetime Longhorn and national champion Michael Griffin is going to be with us next Friday. So Yeah, and if you do come out there and you want him to sign something, please bring one thing. Don't bring – don't have 18 jerseys over your shoulders when you come out there to see Mike. Bring one thing. I mean, maybe two at the most. If you got a football and a jersey, you want to have, have him sign. And he's a wonderful young man, and he and – uh, has been doing great job with the, with the Longhorn Network, and we look to be doing a lot of things with him in the future. So let's let's be really careful of his time. We're only going to be out there an hour, and you folks on a on a Friday, believe me, you've got to get back to work after afternoon. You need to get back to work. No, so, nobody works in this town on a Friday, Buck. You know the deal. Really, they, they got to go home. And the Cobras will be working. Those dealers should have got. They'll be there. We yep. know that they're not going home at noon. No, no, and that's true. Should, and you people shouldn't be either. You should get right back to work, finish <laughs> out your duties on a Friday so that you have a nice weekend and get ready to sit back and watch Texas play Alabama. Yeah, we'll be doing that next week. We won't be doing that this Friday because you guys will be shooting pigeons or dove or whatever they're, they're called. I don't think you can shoot pigeons. They're not yeah. edible? I don't think that's legal. No, I don't think sure. so. I guess you could. I'm sure there are some people in the world who eat pigeon, but got to eat. People got to eat. Yeah, I don't think that's a super popular dish in in this part of the world. Yeah, but our friends uh, at Smoky Mo's, and of course our friends over at Birdies, yeah, Birdies, they are going to be a part of it. They'll be bringing their chips and dips and nachos. The whole works. I love Birdies. It's right down the road from me here on uh, Hamilton Pool Road. Love that dish. Verdes? Verdes. Love it. <laughs> God, you're more of a gringo than I am, Buck. Come on, man. No. Verdes. Verdes. Yes. Ver- on, Verdes. There it is. Yep. Love excited it. about that. That's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. You mentioned that Michael Griffin will be signing autographs. He'll be taking pictures out there as well. And uh, we'll talk some football, talk some Texas football with one of the best secondary players the University of Texas has ever had and getting ready for game number two because you're not worried about game number one isn't really not in your mind there isn't a game number one it's just put your uniform on go out there get a little lather and then come back in and get ready for the following week and so game number one nothing for you send rice something send rice a nice paycheck make sure their players help our players with academics a little bit right if any of our guys need some tutoring you know, the Rice football team can help some of our guys out, okay? And uh, yeah, we'll call you're it a just, day. They can they can make the easy drive back to Houston, and it'll be it'll be fun for everyone. Why are you firing up JT Daniels? Why are you firing that kid up? You you think he needs bulletin board material from Brad Kellner and Texas think, Sports Unfiltered? We're think, the ones that are firing up this Rice team. We can't do that. I think JT Daniels needs God, Jesus, Moses, Allah, any. <laughs> Buddha, any any supreme power that you could think of, I think JT Daniels is going to need all of them on his side to uh, to pull off the upset on Saturday. Because keep in mind, you know this guy played at USC yes. and he couldn't. 
beat Texas. He got his ass kicked by Texas. Uh, This guy played at West Virginia, and he couldn't beat Texas. Kind of got his ass kicked by Texas. Now he's going to Rice. Like, good for Rice. That's a a good get for them. We're talking about a former five-star and a guy who's played at USC and Georgia and West Virginia and South Harmon Institute of Technology and about five or six other schools as well. I'm happy for Rice, man. Like, I got no ill will towards Rice, but – they're not winning this game on Saturday, and, and JT Daniels is not winning this game on Saturday either unless divine intervention comes into play. Okay. Yeah, that's the call. That's the call. I've seen Here, it happen before. I've yeah, been- I know. Well, you know what makes me feel the best about this weekend's game, Buck? I'm not coaching. You're not coaching. <laughs> if you were on the sideline this Saturday – I would maybe take Rice seriously and maybe be a little bit nervous for an upset. But you're not on the sideline, so Texas fans have nothing to worry about. Someone asked, will uh, Malik see the field on Saturday? I hope both the young quarterbacks see the field on Saturday. Why not? Yeah, I think they will. I think both of them will, right? I think Malik Murphy will be the first guy off the bench for Texas. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that happens. I I think Ewers is going to play at least the whole first half. Yes. And and probably – you know, look, hopefully the game the first is, quarter. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully the game is well in hand by halftime to the point where, okay, you don't feel like you need Quinn Ewers to start the third quarter, but you want him to get that experience of coming out of a team out of the locker room out of right. halftime, giving him a series or two in quarter number three. So I think at some point in the third quarter, if everything goes right, which clearly I expect it to, uh, yeah, you'll see Malik Murphy. He'll get a few series, and then I think Arch Manning will get uh, a few series in the fourth quarter. So we'll get to see a little bit of what those guys can bring to the table. I don't think Texas is going to be throwing the football a ton with those guys in the game. I don't think they're going to run it every single play, right? I think we'll get to see sure. you know, Malik and Arch drop back a few times and chunk the ball down the field. But, uh, yeah, no, I, it's, it's a huge problem if we don't see those guys on Saturday, right? Yes, it is a huge problem. Yeah, I get at least one of them, but we should see both of them. Well, if you see Sark's arm around their head coach, he will be telling them, hey, I got these young quarterbacks, so I may be throwing a couple in the fourth quarter. Sorry. Good. And you, yeah, and you don't feel bad. You will, you you yourself will be like, sorry. Why are you telling him sorry? You're yeah. paying him a check. You're supporting the football program along with the other sports programs at Rice by paying them a million and a half dollars probably to come up here. So there's no sorry. Hey, you got your check. You get the check. Did you get the check? <laughs> my arms around you. Did you get the check? Yep. You no, know, that's what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. There you go. Hey, we had Quan Cosby on the show yesterday. It was a tremendous interview. Quan was with us for more than 30 minutes. I'm actually going to post the video of that interview a little bit later on the Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube channel. You can obviously find it in podcast form. Uh, on YouTube, on Spotify, or on Apple Podcasts. Just go back and catch yesterday's episode of Bucky and BK if you want to listen to the show in its entirety. But I will separate the Quan Cosby interview and make sure that that is published. So if you're looking to hear that, be on the lookout for that a little bit later this afternoon. But I did cut a couple of my favorite comments from the legendary Lifetime Longhorn and one of the newest members of the Longhorn Hall of Honor which is super exciting. We congratulated Quan for that. He had yeah. some pretty funny stories too about uh, how he found out that he was going to be a part of this Hall of Honor class here in 2023. But we'll start with the wide receiver room 
you know, Quan, one of the better wide receivers in Texas football history. And, Buck, there have been a lot of really, really good wide receiver rooms here. Yes, there has. I mean, and a ton of just talented wide receivers in the history of the University of Texas. And, of course, Quan is one of those dudes. Well, I asked Quan about the wide receiver room and what he expects from this group in 2023, and he had some high praise for this bunch. Check it out. Dude, I, I, I laugh because – I joke a lot with BJ, Roy, and Sloan, and that was a great group as well. And and they and, and we argue as athletes do about the receiver rooms, and we throw the numbers out, and then they get pissed off and say we didn't have that offense, <laughs> and we go at it. I was like, I caught ninety some balls, and so did Shipley the same year. They're like, that's just that's just crazy. Uh, and even you know the the, the Wayne McGarrys and Kwame Cavill rooms, we've had some rooms in there, man, and so. I say all that to say this from a production standpoint, we're time will tell from a on paper standpoint, maybe the best room we've ever had. And, oh. and, and I don't, I don't say that lightly because I respect our rooms. Uh, I respect the Roy's and the Kwame's and the, all the folks who have caught you know, 90 plus hundred balls and, and are, you know, put some skins on the wall. But when I'm saying truly talent for talent, and, and also, I'm not saying one, two, three, one through three, because again, we'll give a, we had some good rooms in there, one through three, but one through six, these cats, there's no drop off. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a talented receiver room, but as he said, where are the skins on the wall? Well, they're going to have to, it'll start on Saturday because these guys need to put up numbers. They had to be, put up consistency, and that we haven't seen. We didn't see that. Last year, now we saw some individuals have really nice years. Jordan Whittington stayed healthy. I thought he had a fantastic year. You know, Xavier Worthy, I thought, took a step back. Uh, and I don't know if, if, if part physically, part mentally to me, and part quarterback. You know, things were forced at him. Things were first forced on him. But drops are drops. And once again, being a former old-time wide receiver, your job is to catch the football. If it hits your hands, 50-50 balls should be 50-50 balls. When you go up against one other guy, 50% of the times you need to win those. Those guys are winning 50-50 balls, like 20-80 balls. They were <laughs> they were on the low side of that kind of stuff. That has to change. Uh, Jordan Whittington, I think, is an exceptional football player that when he came to the University of Texas, the head coach had talked about how much he loved him, but he didn't show him much love. When he got healthy, they didn't throw to him enough. That guy gets open an awful lot not to get the ball, and he's productive when he catches the ball, catches and runs with the ball. We've seen it in numerous games. They have to make things happen this year. They can't, we can't talk about what they look like. We got to talk about what they play like. And they have to play up to their abilities this year. There's there's no if, ands, or buts. Not all their fault. You know, it's it's quarterback has to do his job. The receivers have to do their job. And their job is when it's thrown to you and it's you versus another guy, whether it's a long bomb or not, 50% of the time you need to win that battle. When it's thrown to you and there's nobody around, and it hits your hands, you need to catch that football. You don't get to have, Hell. oh, I'll get it the next time. No, you need to catch the ball. That's why you got a scholarship to go to a place like Texas. You didn't get a scholarship because you caught the ball well with your feet. You got the ball, you know, you got scholarship, a full scholarship to come here because you caught the ball well with your hands. Start catching the ball. 
Yeah, you talk about those 50-50 balls, and I think with the talent that Texas has in this wide receiver room, it should be closer to 60-40 or 70-30 in favor of Texas, right? Because I agree, at times, it's felt like the 50-50 balls have been in favor of the opposition. But with the dudes that Texas has in the wide receiver room this year, uh, no, uh, look, this is one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. And Quan said it right there. I mean, if this group pans out, it could be the best wide receiver room in school history. Like, on paper, you could make that argument right now. Obviously, like you said, like Quan said, they don't have the resumes yet. They don't have the stats to say that they're the best receiver room in Texas football history. But, man, they could be. They could be. With with the talent that Quinn Ewers has, obviously he's got to be more consistent. But we know there's some arm talent there. And just with the amount of depth, right, Quan mentioned that at the end of the cut too. It's not just, oh, two or three guys that are really good. Like, you know, in recent history, Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay, that was an awesome one-two punch. Yes, it was. Like there have been years, even in the last, you know, twelve to fifteen, where Texas has really struggled oh, yeah. to where, like, they've had a couple of really good receivers on campus at the same time. But the fact that they've got five or six that you feel great about, and once again, I mean, look, Jonte Cook is, I guess, a question mark because he's never played college football. I think he's going to be great. I think most people think he's going to be great. Hashtag let Jonte Cook. But you've got four guys with proven college experience right right. with worthy with whittington with ad mitchell and with isaiah nayor like all of those dudes they're not question marks they've got those skins on the wall they've got those resumes they've got that production that leads you to believe that yeah this could be a really really special wide receiver group and this could go down as one of if not the very best in school history which is super yeah they've got an opportunity to just get flat get after it with this quarterback i mean they can they can help make this guy, as you said, one of those top three quarterbacks that will come out this year. That's going to be up to all of them. I mean, and, and, and Sark has to design plays that their his quarterback has to look. If that's not there, he can go to his next guy. And he has to really pick on, pick on these defenders that can't cover his third or fourth guy. Just pick on them. Don't, don't, stop, don't stop going to them. You, you don't necessarily have to make everybody happy in a game. If one guy's having a game, Everybody should be happy. You're winning the game. You're having a, having a great day. The ball will get dispersed around to everybody. But somebody in this group is going to be able to take care of a defender every time they play. No matter who they play this year, there won't be four defenders that can handle this group. There won't. There'll be yeah. a weak link. And wherever that weak link is, Quinn Ewers and, and, and Steve Sarkeesian have to find that person and go after him. And when they go after him, they, they don't need to stop. They don't need to stop. If they've got a, if they got a wide receiver that, that is totally taking care of a defender, just go after that guy. Sure. Make him surrender. Make that make that opposing team change him or make that opposing player just surrender what you're trying to do. Yeah, like you said, I mean, keep going at that guy, and then when the defense does make sure. a change, they put a better corner on that receiver, or if they decide to start double-teaming that receiver, then you switch up your game plan and go to somebody else. Like that's It's an embarrassment of riches that Texas has in that wide receiver room this yes, year. And last year they didn't have that, right? Like they no. had a worthy, they had a Whittington, but outside of that, there was you know a relatively big drop off. Well, they and, had inconsistency inconsistencies and in trying to find out how do we get our tight end involved? We really never got him involved in, in, in games. Not enough, but that's a guy who needs to be in that 70, 70 ball range this year. It's going to be hard because there are guys that need to be catching 70, 80 balls, 90 balls this season. And the tight end is one of those guys that needs to be 65 or above. There's no reason for that guy to be 30 catches, you know, 30 catches, 40 catches. He needs to be in the 60s. 
you know, with the way he plays the game. He should be a 60, 65 ball catch guy this year. Yeah. Now, I don't know who that takes away from, but it doesn't matter. As I said, if you can't cover him, he's got to be your prime guy. Right. It shouldn't take away too much from anybody. No. Like you said, everybody should be able to eat in this offense this For year. For sure. Um, that's, that's my expectation. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Jatavion Sanders, not technically a wide receiver. So I don't know if he fits into that wide receiver room category, but this could be the best, uh, the best, excuse me, pass catching group in the history of the university of Texas, which God, that's exciting, man. I mean, Texas, look, Sark realized that he needed some depth last off season. He went sure. out and got Isaiah Nayor from Wyoming in the transfer portal. The problem is Nayor got hurt during fall camp and didn't play but he's back this year and Sark still felt like there was a way to upgrade that wide receiver room. So he went back to the portal and brought in a two-time national champion in AD Mitchell to come into the fold too. So you've got those two guys plus the five-star on Jonte Cook plus Ryan Niblett coming into this freshman class plus and the two guys who have already been here. I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. It is, it is super exciting to think about and we'll get to see it for the first time on Saturday. Like we've, we've been talking about it all off season long. Yes. Obviously we've been talking about it on the three week history of Texas sports unfiltered, but we'll actually get to see it this weekend and it should be a ton of fun. And, and in my mind, out of all those receivers, I'm still most excited about Jordan Whittington being healthy for a second year in a row. I mean, he just scratched the surface. I thought last year, and should have had more balls. So I expect for him to get tons of balls thrown his way because he has a knack for getting open. And plus, he has a knack for catching and running with the ball. Yep. You know, Cook, I expect to make you come out of your seat because how, how flashy he can be when he gets the ball in his hands. But Whittington is, is, is that kind of guy, BK, that, you know, that catches seven and goes 35, and he, and he looks like a running back with the ball underneath his arm. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't look like that sleek wide receiver. He looks like that sturdy guy who catches and runs like a running back. He's the guy who gets you those, those extra yards. And he finds a way to get open. He's that, he's that brain guy. He's that, he's that brain vault guy. You know what I'm saying? That's the guy that I like right there. He's Jordan that brain Whittington. guy. Yes. He likes brain, huh? Yes. He, he knows how to get into the zones, into the seams. And you can count on him to be in the right place at the right time. Yep. Agreed. That dude, that dude doesn't drop many balls. Yeah, and Quan Quan said that yesterday too. Like Quan thinks this will be a breakout year for Whittington. I can't yep. remember if it was in the cut we just played or not, but uh, he's like, "Look, Whittington's been good, but I expect him to be even better this I year." I do too. I, very I agree exciting. I agree. Hopefully he, can, hopefully, he can stay healthy too, right? He did last year, which was great. We know injuries were kind of a problem for him over the first couple of years of his UT career. But yeah, no, I, I expect big things from him and really that entire group as a whole. Uh, let's hear one more from the legendary lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby. He, uh, oh, you asked a great question, Buck, towards the end about the culture, right? And about how yeah. this year could be different than some years past. Because Texas, look, I don't think Texas has had this much talent on campus in a long time, but they've had talent on campus in a long time. I don't have to tell anybody listening to the sound of my voice right now that the talent hasn't lived up to the hype and Texas has underwhelmed way more often than not in recent years. Here's Quan talking a little bit about what's different about this year's team versus some of the ones that we've seen in the recent past. Uh, th these guys really, truly want to win. They're not shy to talk about winning championships. I mean, they said it and, you know, maybe behind the scenes and all of that. But I don't I just didn't always see that level of of worth ethic. And I, I think Vince went to a scrimmage the other day and I think Worthy kind of walked off the field and dropped his helmet. And Vince got on his butt about that. 
And I think there was a time where, not that it was a level of disrespect, but they just didn't honor that interaction. And where they mm-hmm. was like, boom, let me pick this up. You're right. That championship level culture matters. Picking up the helmet, those little things. By the way, if you get used to and make that your norm, you won't right. tighten up as much in the fourth quarter. You're ready for it because the little things is what it's about. I mean, at that moment when the clock is running down, that's go time, not piss down your leg time. Right. And that's the culture that I feel is developing slowly but surely. Um, again, I'm not saying we're going to go win a natty. That'd be pretty damn sweet. But I am saying they're going to give this Big 12 a run for its money. And culturally, I believe it now. I was hopeful before, but what I saw in that scrimmage, what I see culturally through Sark, the coaching staff, and all the above, and they're different than ours. And it takes me a little – honestly, it took me a second and a conversation with Huff to kind of respect that. Um, But uh, there's there's reason to believe that it's just different over there, and it's certainly easy to see. Yeah, when you have a when you have a a group of of players that are really really good, and you know they're next level type of players on your football team, college wise. When you're playing with guys that you look at and say, "Oh no, I watch football too." I may not be as good as those guys are, but I know professional players when I see them. I look at football. I've been around football. No, I'm not them. But when you have a group that that you can look at and say, "That's a professional football player." There's one right there. They're not all you know, Hall of Famers in the NFL, but they're guys that can play on Sundays. It looks like they have that, and they understand what that means. So you have to have that 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 defining toughness about you. And that's, as I said, BK, that's not jumping off sides. That's not, as he said, peeing down your leg when things get tough. That's when you look at each other and go, we got, we got this. And you don't even have to say it. You just look at your, the guy beside you. You look at the guy on the sideline when you come to the sideline and, yeah, it's, it's starting to get tough here in this game. We're up by a couple touchdowns. We've got to make a play here on this drive. And you know, and you're like, hey, that guy's going to play on Sunday. We're going to make this happen. It's just, it's just part of your, of your nature. And you build that. I mean, it just doesn't it, – it happens in the games. It doesn't always happen in practice. But you start to build that in practice. That's where it starts to get built when things get tough at practice. You know what? It's about five degrees hotter today, and you look over at a guy – and one guy's leaning on his helmet on his knee, but but most of your guys are now standing up. Nobody's leaning on helmets. Nobody's sitting on helmets. Everybody's ready to go. They're paying attention to what coaches are saying. That's how you start to build your culture. But when things happen to you in a game, when the, when it, when it gets easier in a game for you to have success, you build that at the practices. And Quan's now been around the practices, and he can see that with a guy dropping his helmet and a guy like Vince Young saying, "Dude, that's a Texas helmet. That, don't put that equipment. That's." That's expensive equipment. Why are you laying that on the ground? And he snatches it off the ground and says, you know what? You're right. That's a, that's a part of my body. Why am I dropping that like it's, you know, like it's a, a wrapper off a candy bar? That's not a candy bar wrapper. That's my freaking helmet. Why am I disrespecting that helmet? Let me pick that up. Let me not sit on my helmet. Let me not lean on my helmet. That's a part of my head. You know, when they start feeling that, when you start feeling that around, and Quan's been around teams that, didn't do those type of things. So he understands what that culture is about. And when Sark starts to feel it, you know, he'll understand that the, the play calls that he had when they execute the play, he can then start saying, you know what, these guys are believing in what I'm doing. They yep. all believe in what I say. They all believe that that play is going to work because they're going to make it work 
It's going to be called. It's going to get executed. And damn, some of that shit is wide open <laughs> because I designed it to be wide open against certain defenses. So there, it looks like they're starting to get it. Yeah. And, we'll, and it'll start on Saturday. You know, they've, yeah. built, they've been building it during winter workouts. It starts way back there when people think, well, what's a winter workout when you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning? Doesn't everybody do that? No, you start building your culture there. You know, that starts going that one more rep. That's when the, when the quarterback's saying, hey, you know, we have 12, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're in the big 12. How about two more reps? How about two more? And nobody looks at the quarterback and going, what have you done lately? You know, they just do it. That's right. a part of believing what guys around you say. Yeah. So, I mean, I like- I've always heard, I've heard from a number of different players that the best locker rooms are player-led locker rooms. Sure. So obviously the coaches get involved and they coach, it's their jobs, but in a perfect world, they don't have to step in and do stuff like that. Right. right? Like they can focus on the X's and O's, uh, X's and O's and just that element of coaching. They don't have to hold guys accountable. Like you want players to hold their teammates accountable. Sure. Like that's what you're looking for. You want everybody to hold each other accountable to where it's like, dude, you're you're dragging us down. We need everybody fully invested, giving 100% every single day for us to win a conference championship and more importantly for us to be in the mix for a national championship at the end of the year. Yeah, because there'll come a time when a, a kid, you won't have to have Vince Young say something to a kid about a helmet. It just right. won't happen. They right. just won't do that. They'll respect that uniform, respect everything about the piece of equipment that it has that they have on their bodies that helps protect them from getting hurt. And they'll respect it belongs to the university. That's their yeah. equipment. That's not a candy wrapper. That's not something you're taking off an ice cream bar and just laying down on the ground. No, that's not. It's your body. That's a piece of your body that you're yeah. doing that. Soon they won't even do that. You don't have to have people that, that have come over and tell you to pick that up. You know, yeah. that's the kind of culture that you start building. They did really? that in, in, you know, 2005. They they had a culture. Now, Vince Young, they had NFL. And those are NFL players. They But – Everybody, everybody led from probably the last player on the team to the best player on the team. It wasn't just star-led. It was led by people that weren't stars on the football team. They had that kind of respect. They had the respect for each other. So we'll see if that's the way they are right now. We'll see. Well, and, it, it'll, and you only get a chance. To, you'll see it at practice. It's built at practice. But you only see it when tough times come in football games. They may not have to have that in this game, according to you. They may not need to have worry about the tough times since you've underestimated the Rice Owls. Yeah, there shouldn't be too many. Do, tough I can't times. do that. I yeah, can't underestimate them. There should be too many tough times this year uh, or this weekend. Excuse me. There will be some tough times this year. There shouldn't be too many tough times this weekend. All right, some programming notes. Adam Wagner, a.k.a. Wags, will be joining us here in a few minutes to talk some fantasy nice. football. I know the Bucks got some fantasy questions, but also anybody – Listening to the sound of my voice right now, anybody seeing my mug right now, if you have some fantasy football questions for your upcoming drafts, send them in the comment section so uh, we can get Wags to answer some of your questions. We're going to try to help you all win your fantasy football leagues here in 2023. Wags will be joining us here in a couple of minutes. And I just got this text from Chip Brown, of course, co-host of Chip and Zay, weekdays from 1 to 3 right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. They're going to be talking to... John Brown on the show, former world's strongest man. I think former Mr. Universe at one point. He is the father of Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, who actually played high school football with JT Daniels. 
way back in the day. Very and nice. That's how long JT Daniels has been in college. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown has developed into like one of the better young receivers in the league. He's kicking ass on Sundays. JT Daniels, his high school teammate, is playing college football for the 15th year. But <laughs> John right. Brown is, is a great storyteller, man. Back in the day when I was producing morning radio for Chip and Sean, uh, rest in peace to the late, great Sean Adams. Uh, John Brown was a guest that they had a number of different times, and that guy could tell some stories, man. Wow. My gosh. And he's got a couple of sons in the NFL right now. So uh, that'll be a fun conversation coming up uh, later today during Chip and Zay. Another reminder, we are giving away a pair of tickets to this Texas Rice game today. All you have to do, subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered if you haven't done that yet. Like this video and leave a comment. The comment can be about whatever the hell you want it to be about. All you have to do is do those three things. You are entered for your chance to win that pair of tickets to Texas and Rice. We will announce the winner during Trey and BK from 12 to 1 a little bit later today. Uh, some shout-outs to some sponsors real quick. By the way, send, thanks to Sentex Tickets for Thank that. Thank you, Shelby. Uh-huh. Shout out to 7-Eleven. God, I, I drove by the Monterey Oak 7-Eleven last night and I, I couldn't do it. I wanted to go in there. I didn't need the late night snack and I didn't, you didn't do need it. to hang out by the dumpster with the guy. Not really. No, no, Come I on, didn't man. do it. But I've done that a number of different times since moving here to South Austin. I love 7-Eleven, man. They've got everything I need for game day. They've got everything you need for game day. The snacks, the Slurpees, the Big Gulps, the beer. They got it all right there at 7-Eleven. They are your go-to convenience store available all over Central Texas, but also in the Metroplex in Houston. There's got to be a 7-Eleven near you. Shout out to them. Thanks to our guy, Ashish, big Longhorn fan, big Texas sports unfiltered fan. He runs three different 7-Eleven locations here in Austin. Go say what's up to him. Once again, make sure you're fueling up for game day with 7-Eleven. And by the way, I couldn't do this show without my good friends over at Relax the Back. Let me tell you you about Because for you, you're still sitting in the lounge chair somewhere that you stole from the pool the patio at the pool. You got to get rid of that chair. You got to go to relax the back because I needed to have great support for my back because I had thoracic, major thoracic back reconstruction. And after that, I couldn't just sit in any chair because it was not going to happen. And just for doing two hours of this show, I know that I needed the support and I got it from relax the back. It's absolutely giving me the, the pain-free life that I always wanted to do. Now, They embrace a holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle based on 35 years of proven expertise. Take advantage of the opportunity to go to the Relax the Bag store and say hello to Jason and all the folks over at Relax the Bag because they can give you the comfort that you need. Whether you have had surgery on your back, if you've got lower lumbar problems, if you have thoracic back problems, if you have shoulder problems, you need to get in that Relax the Bag as quick as possible. Whether it's for your home or your office, they've got a chair in every type just for you. They also have those Tempur-Pedic mattresses just for you, too, and the pillows that you need to have that great sleep. You can get it all at Relax the Back. Got two locations. They got one at B Caves across the Hill Country Galleria and the Whole Foods right there. And, of course, in Austin, right across the street from the Container Store. Get on over to Relax the Back. Live pain-free like the buck at Relax the Back. There you go. Thanks to our friends at Relax the Back for joining us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're waiting Adam Wagner to join us to talk some fantasy football. We'll also talk some baseball with Wags, and we can talk some baseball right here, Buck. Our guy Tom McKay, audiovisual consultations. He's listening on the app from up in Boston, and he's like, talk some baseball, and we need to. He's in Boston. Why is he in Boston when he should be New York, New York? There's the captain, everybody. Did you think you were going to go a day without seeing the captain? 
No. Captain, number the deuce is loose. <laughs> that would be Derek Jeter, the man who married a lady who talks to horses. His wife can talk to a horse, and the horse talks back. How about that? The guy who has all daughters. Come on, Jeter. Try again. Jeter needs to try one more time for a son, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, because your Yankees need a player who's going to save the franchise because they stink, and they've been awful since he retired. Yeah, did they get yeah. a win last night? I don't know. Nobody cares. The Yankees suck. We got a three-way tie in Major League Baseball right now. Three-way right. tie atop the AL West, and both Texas teams are a part of the tie. The Rangers won last night. The Astros beat the Sox last night. Yeah, Tom McKay and the kid were at the game, and the Mariners lost to Oakland. Yeah, the crappy Oakland A's actually helped the two Texas what? teams out a little bit last night. What happened to J-Rod? Didn't he go four for five again last night? Uh, that guy is on another planet right now. Man. He's been one of the best, if not the best players in baseball as of late. But finally, the Mariners lost the game. And yeah, because the Rangers and Strohs picked up wins, we have ourselves a three-way tie atop the AL West with just a month and two days left in the regular season. Now, the Astros are used to being in first place. Funny enough, this is just the second day the Astros have been tied for first place this season. you got to go all the way back to April 28th, the last time the Astros were tied at the end of a day in first place in the American League West. The Rangers have obviously had a stranglehold on the division for the majority of the season. They've fallen on some hard times over the last two weeks. The Mariners have been maybe the hottest team in baseball. The Astros have played really well in the second half. And because of all of those things, Buck, yeah, a three-way tie just over a month left in the yeah. year. It doesn't get much better than this, dude. I love it. Super exciting. How about the Yankees? Are they tied in last place? Or they're just down there by themselves with the athletics and the White yeah. Sox? Your Yankees are in last place in the American League East, so congratulations to you for that. Yeah. You did win again last night, though. You beat the Tigers. There Great. you go. So once again, We are playing the pits of baseball right now. Yeah. The armpits of Major League Baseball, we've got them all. Yeah, we congratulations. Need hey, we need it. This next guest is a fan of the team that's in first place in the American League East right now. That'd be the Baltimore Orioles. And that's our guy, Adam Wagner, who oh, joins baby. us right now here on Texas Wags, Sports Unfiltered. What's, what's going on, Wags? Fuck you. Or excuse my language, guys. Your Yankees <laughs> suck, Buck. Your Yankees suck. How can you? It's good. It's it's the first time. Don't bring up the captain. Don't bring, right, I'll, what I'll are bring you talking about? You bring down the captain. I'm going to bring down Manny Machado. And, and are you going to bring down Manny Machado? This is the real guy, right? This is the captain right here. Get out of here. Bring anybody down. Get out of here. Only Ripken. Ripken's the only one you can bring down to, to handle the, the, the best the thing Jeter did was form the Marlins. That's the best thing Jeter ever did. <laughs> How you oh, man. see your lovely faces, guys? Good morning. How's good everybody? Morning, How's everybody buddy. doing today? Good. We're yeah. hanging in there. Yeah. Nobody, nobody embodies the unfiltered part of Texas sports unfiltered more wow. than our great buddy Adam. You, you gotta let him rip as soon as you get in here, man. It's, it's what is what day is it? What I don't even know what day it is. It's Wednesday, and it's Wednesday? good because it's Tuesday we can't oh, have oh, Mike. What day we is it, Mike? Tips. We do tips for kids in the car line, so we can't have you on Tuesdays. Gotcha. We are we are filtered on Tuesday mornings gotcha. for sure. 
Well, it's great uh, to be here, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Great to have you, man. We'll get to some fantasy football because uh, Buck's got some questions about fantasy, and also hopefully some of our listeners and viewers have some questions for you about fantasy sure. football. Of course, the NFL season gets going a week from tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like college football has the start of it, right? Like it usually gives us like a week or two before we get into the start of the pros. But the amateurs, the amateurs, open it up for us. But yeah, the nah, student nah. athletes. Yeah. As they call student it. athletes very good beacon so we'll get to that but i want to get your thoughts the buck and i were talking about it right before we brought you on man the american league west like we'll, we'll talk about your o's and just the american league as a whole because there are a lot of really really good teams yeah. hell all across major league baseball right the nl postseason is going to be fun too but the al playoff picture and especially what's going on in the west with the three-way tie <laughs> with the astros the rangers and the mariners baseball is pretty damn cool right now exactly and we talked about it last week man we talked about the race between the West, like if it was actually going to be a two-team pony horse or a two-team uh two-team horse race, but nah, man, like the Mariners are actually coming on strong, staying strong, like they're consistent. Um, we thought that maybe they'd start to take a little bit of a dip towards the latter part of the season, but now nah, uh, that pitching rotation has been able to hold up strong. Um, and and the you know, the M's are being able to put the lumber back where it needs to be, man. Uh the Rangers, I still think. Are you know the Rangers? Are, I still think are the studs. They made the moves to get you know Max Scherzer to come over there. Um, but look, the pedigree is is with the Astros guys. We know that, right? Like the front office knows how to win. The pitching staff knows how to win. The hitters know how to win. It's just there. Like uh, they had the reps in the postseason to do it. It's been a while since the Rangers been back there, man. We'll see if the Rangers yeah. can do it. And yeah. the ass Dusty Baker knows how to do it with his gloves <laughs> and his coot. Well, he just has to sit there, Buck. That's what? the thing. He's that's a that's a talented roster, man. Hyde's the same way. The Orioles got one talented roster too, man. So um now like we joke about it a lot. Like Hyde really doesn't have to push a lot of buttons there for Baltimore, but he does push a lot of buttons. And Dusty sure. does the same thing down there in Houston. Yeah. But yeah, it's a talented bunch. And I've said it all year. I think the Astros are the favorites in the American League West. Yeah. Now, going into the season, that was not a hot take at all, right? They were heavy no. favorites to win the division for their sixth straight full season. But at one point, they were five and a half games out of first place. Right. And some people, even in Houston, started not giving up on the Astros, but started having the wild card conversation like, hey, maybe this division streak ends this year. Maybe this just isn't our year in the West. Maybe the Rangers actually have our number this year. But uh, clearly, that's not the case, man. Man, uh, the experience, the talent, the Astros have gotten healthier too, which has made a huge, huge impact for them in the second half. Uh, obviously, Michael Brantley coming back into the equation only helps them too. And the Astros, to me, three-way tie right now, just over a month to go. The Astros, to me, still the team to beat in the West and still the team to beat in the uh, American League this season. But it's fun, man. I mean, October starting a month early. <laughs> right. Like it, it is going to feel like October baseball in the month of September with all of these teams. I think there are 13 teams across Major League Baseball that still have a really, really good shot to make the playoffs. Almost feels like the postseason starting early this year. Yeah. And I, I got to remember baseball being this fun. Yeah. And, and when you guys talk about the American League, the National League starting to heat up. The Phillies have won a couple games, Wags. They're trying to, you know, resurrect themselves from being a bunch of crappy players early in the, in the, in the season. So they're trying to get in the thick of things, too, in Philadelphia once again. And you know they've got the talent to do it in Philly. They've yeah. got the pitching to do it also. Yeah, they, they do. But, the, I mean, unfortunately, they got to deal with the Bravos, man. It's, it's like the AL East and the NL East, they all have the studs in that same, uh, right. I, I guess, area, right? Like back East, that's where everybody well, – obviously, you got your Dodgers in the National League, too. But, I mean, it just seems like the, the best teams right now for me are coming from the East. Um, I would love – 
for the Tex the, the Texas Rangers to do this. Like they for me to have a fan favorite or a fan pick, that would be the team to act the club to actually do it. But I'm with you guys, man. I'm on the Houston Astros train. I think they're just so they're just so solid. Like it's it's tough to beat them from top to bottom on that roster spot, man, in the front office, man. And with uh, acquiring JV at the turn. Man, it's gonna be tough to beat him. I, yeah. I know, I know the Rangers. You know they acquired Max Scherzer too, and Mad Max is looking lethal. But dude, J- JV is just—I mean, he gives you—he gives you the depth in that rotation to where you don't have to wear out that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I talk about the Phillies, but they won't be there at the end. It'll be Atlanta or the Dodgers yeah. when it comes to the big show. We we know. I mean, Atlanta is just as potent as any team, or maybe the They're team fun. to beat right now. Right. Yeah. yeah, the Bravos are nasty. And and that's the thing too, right? The the parody is more in the AL for me. Like m- more of the uh more of the contenders and more of the fun teams to watch are coming out of the AL. The the NL, it's really the Dodgers and Bravos for me. Yeah. Like, you, you, besides you, you, that, like we, never we know, know who's gonna we 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 kind of know fifty percent of the representation of the National League. You think so, but look, people I know, were saying, I know, yeah. people were saying that last year the Phillies were the last team in baseball to clinch a right, playoff right. spot, and they won the pennant. Right. Obviously, they lost to the Astros in the World Series, but they got hot. You know, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And even though the Braves and Dodgers, I won't disagree with you there, Wags. They've been the two best teams in the NL all season long. There's no debate there. But you know, they they were the two best teams record wise in the NL last year, and of course, neither team ended up getting to the Fall Classic. So we'll yeah, you see. Just gotta dance, right? You just got to get to the dance. And hopefully you, got to get, you got to get to the dance when you're hot because that's the only reason you get to the dance. That's true. You don't come in the dance being cold. You know what I mean? That's true. That's I don't true. know, man. I, I show I went to the went to prom as a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior, baby. Damn. Yeah, what? well, that's what happens when you what? live in a small town. <laughs> uh, I figured you snuck in or something like in that. All four years you dated four different girls in the town, huh? Three. Wow. Yeah. And then oh. I married the girl from the other town. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good move, Rags. I ran out of them. That's awesome. All right, let's talk some fantasy football. Before we get to some of your questions, Buck, we'll start with the listener question. I'll put it up on the screen, too, so uh, you can see it, Wags. Are you as high on Calvin Ridley this year as I am for fantasy? What say you, of course, coming off the one-year suspension now in Jacksonville? What do you think of uh, Calvin Ridley? I am super high on Calvin Ridley. I think he has a return to greatness um, type of season. Remember how good he was at Atlanta, right? And he's not taking a break because of injury. He took a break because of some gambling off the field issues, right? So there's nothing wrong with that body. He actually got to rest his body, which is even more scary. Now he gets put into an offense with a little bit of a what we got uh, ETN in the backfield there. He also who's who's ta- um who's that dude? Uh, they got the rookie Tank. Uh, is it Tank John? I can't remember. Um, in Tennessee running back. Tennessee running back, I think. But anyways, oh. that backfield's pretty stout, pretty potent there. Um, but the wide receiver core, man, uh, of course you got uh, you got Zay Jones. I think you also have um, you know Ingram as well there. But, man, to me, Calvin Ridley is going to be able to, to be, you know, Trevor Lawrence's number one wide receiver. I think, you know, like I just mentioned, he's been rested over the past year. I if you can steal him in the third, he's probably going to go into towards the latter part of the second and the earlier third. But he's one of the best wide receivers out there this year. Interesting, Wags. Wags, I mean, I, I asked the question of BK the other day. You know, for, for my money, you, quarterbacks, you know, in, in fantasy football, Aaron Rodgers with the, with the group that he has and uh, in, in, with the Jets, I've got to believe he's going to be a, a high pick late round, late, late first round, but you don't take him – 
that early. Even a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I don't care what league you're in, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes will run for seven touchdowns this year. You know that. Yeah. He takes off. He runs with the ball. He gets down the goal line. He thinks he's a running back, which I always get nervous about him diving and doing the stuff that he does in that offense. I don't think that changes. I think Patrick Mahomes will score seven touchdowns as a runner. Is that not good enough to be one of the top picks in, in any league? Why is he – why do quarterbacks go that far And a guy like Patrick Mahomes or a guy like – uh, with the Buffalo Bills, who will run for a bunch of touchdowns. So why are they so late? Oh, I got you, but, um, that's a great question. Well, it really comes down to to settings, right, to your point settings. And a lot of times, like if you have a super flex league where you have two quarterbacks, then, yeah, like you can you can pony up and take like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen in the first round and, and right. be okay. But in traditional leagues to where – you know, the scarcity is a factor with like the running backs. You kind of want to go ahead and take them and then maybe let your quarterbacks drop. Now, Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen and the top tier quarterbacks, they're still they're they're probably gonna go around round three, which I still I want to air caution on that because like you just mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, you can get Aaron Rodgers in traditional leagues in the tenth round, and he's throwing to Garrett Wilson. You know what I mean? And and oh, by the way, Dalvin Cook is now in that backfield. Um, right. You know, Brees Hall, if he returns to the form that he had as a, you know, as the potential uh, rookie of the year, you know, by the way, Garrett Wilson got that, too. But the the Jets are loaded with young, palpable talent, man. Um, if you can sit there and and be reluctant and build your depth and then go get Aaron Rodgers or a Jared Goff in like the ninth or tenth round, I think that's going to be a little bit more advantageous for your season. Yeah. What about uh, some of these rookies, Wags? I mean, we'll start with Bijan Robinson, of course. I mean, where where do you take Bijan? I I got a hunch some of our viewers and listeners might reach on Bijan a little bit, right? It's not a reach. It's not a reach. Is he is he a first rounder this year? He is a first rounder, man. It is not a reach, dude. So I have seen him as low at as low as the third running back, as low. Whoa. He hasn't taken a damn snap yet. He's taking a preseason snap. He's in. Look, we we know he's in Arthur's. He's in Arthur Smith's offense. We know he's yes. going to be running the ball and he's going to get a lot of totes. But I've seen him as low as three. That dude. that scares me a little bit, man. There's a lot of high expectations on this dude. I've seen him as high as two. Wow. So he's so he's he is going anywhere between two and three. Like he is legitimately he's solidified as your two or three running back. In fantasy football so, so when it comes to all those guys, so is Christian McCaffrey still the number one fantasy CMC, player? CMC is is potentially number one overall. Um, and then you got a little bit of a tie up between Eckler in some leagues, right? Eckler and and Bijan Robinson. Um, wow, a lot of people sleeping on Nick Chubb this year. A lot of them are sleeping on Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. You know, he's got a, a little bit to prove still with that contract too, right? We talk about this. Uh, BK and I talk about this a lot. Um, once that running back gets his nut or once any player gets his nut, right. Um, you start to see a little bit of a decline just in their production. It's, it's almost natural, right? Like you get, you're climbing, you're climbing, you're climbing. And all of a sudden you get to your goal and then you're just like, there's, there's gotta be a little bit of a natural letdown. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, I don't it's think called that... a it's called a pain and stress that they <laughs> NFL players put on your body. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. I get it. Like whenever I get my nut, I also cannot perform as well right after. <laughs> yeah, you're weak in the knees. You're, you're weak in the knees. You can't get anywhere. Yeah, yeah it, it's tough. You know, like after after I do that, a couple minutes. 
Yeah. How am I supposed to be expected to perform at a high level after getting my nut? You know, that grab is... yourself a Snickers bar and you can nut on. Nut on, my friend. Nut on. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh, how about this question from Grant, big time listener of Texas Sports Unfiltered? If you have the number five pick, I guess Ooh. that's where Grant is picking this year. If you're stuck at number five, like, you know, I don't know if it matters if it's an eight team, a 10 team, a 12 team, a 16 team league, whatever, the same players are likely to be on the board. Right. If you've got that fifth pick, Wags, who are some of the guys that you're looking at there? Oh, man. All right. So let's go traditional fantasy league where there's no super flex so we're looking at scarcity as running backs here you probably got cmc coming off the board then Bijan. you got justin jefferson that's like jamar chase area okay that's yeah. eckler eckler and Bijan probably gone too. Gone, correct yeah um so maybe nick chubb jamar chase that's sort of here. still gonna be there um okay. But, I mean, hell, if you're in five, if you can trade – I don't know if your league does this or not, but if you can trade to get back some spots, you know what I mean, and then maybe, you know, acquire some draft picks, get some draft capital, yeah, uh, make that move. Because for me, five through eight, it's kind of the same picks. Like, once you're out, once you're outside of eight, you can get a Nick Chubb. So, I mean, and to me, that's still a first round – or that's still, you know, a really high first round pick for me. Um, All the running – like – Really, the differential between these guys are, are we're maybe looking at four or five points per week, if that. Um, not too much differential between the high top tier and, and the low top tier of uh or the low tier rather from from the first round. Um please I, I Grant, I just I really I really you know implore you to not take a quarterback in the first round, dude. If whatever you can, don't especially at five, man. If you're taking a quarterback at five, we really got to reevaluate your draft grant. Like that <laughs> just, we're gonna reevaluate. We have to really reevaluate your draft, buddy. Wags, what about a guy like Lamar Jackson? You know, now the highest paid oh, yeah. player. What, what do you do with a guy like Lamar? I mean, he's gonna run, he's gonna throw, he's gonna get to you the the yards that a running back would get you when it comes if you're in a league where yardage really, really matters. And every once in a while, he's going to trip and fall into the end zone because he's just going to outrun somebody. But his throwing ability has gotten better year after year after year that he's been in the NFL. He's picked up the pace. He's got, you know, he's, they drafted a nice wide receiver. They've got the tight end, one of the better tight ends in football. Where does he fall into play? Does he fall into that fifth round? I mean, I'm looking at guys like that and their production because – He's gonna he's he's gonna be it's a running back playing quarterback actually. Yeah, if you can but, get Lamar if you can get Lamar Jackson in the fifth or sixth round, that's a decent that's a decent I guess area to snag him. I'm still gonna be reluctant and take a quarterback in the latter rounds. Uh, but yeah, Lamar Jackson is top five quarterback, especially okay. with the advent of o, OBJ. Now look, I know Odell Beckham Jr. isn't the player that he used to be, but Zay Flowers right. is there. Zay Flowers is gonna be nasty and, and a great piece for Baltimore, and also. Let's remember what J.K. Dobbins can do when he has two legs. So, you know, a healthy J.K. Dobbins can be great for that backfield. Yeah. Last thing, Wags, before we let you go, how about some sleepers, man? Everyone's looking for those late-round sleepers. Is there a guy or there a couple of guys that you really like that uh, maybe our viewers and listeners should take in the latter rounds of their drafts coming up? Well, it's tough to say this, but the quarterback or the the tight end for – for the Raiders there, Meyer or Mayor, like the rookie right out of that, like he's gonna get yeah. a he's gonna get a lot of love from Jimmy GQ because Jimmy GQ, I don't know if he is, I don't know if his arm actually can app, can operate for the for the Raiders there. So I like him. I like QJ. I like Quentin Johnson. Um, 
one, I mean, I don't know how much of rook of of time that the rookie's going to be able to, to see because you know that 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 wide receiver room's loaded there for for LA. I mean, you got Michael Williams, you got uh, probably the best route runner in all of. Uh, the NFL, which is Keenan Allen, he's still there. You also got Palmer. Jordan Palmer did great things too last year for the um, for the Chargers. So QJ, I think QJ will be able to shock a lot of people, get some eyes out there in deep sleeper rounds, especially dynasty rounds. If you can get this dude on your team, Quentin Johnson's one hell of a guy to take. Yeah, I agree with you because those other two guys are going to pull a hammy. Yep. Those two tall wide receivers for the Chargers—they always hurt. And 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 Allen, I don't. I don't remember Keenan Allen playing a full 16 oh, no. or excuse me, 17 games. Now I don't remember him playing a full season for the past three or four years. Yeah. Great stuff. Wags. Hey, Make sure y'all follow Wags on Twitter at not the fake Wags. You can send your fantasy questions to him that way. He's going to respond to all of them. Love having you on brother. And of course we can't announce anything yet, but you know, bigger, bigger things planned for Wags for the future of Texas sports. Look at the Wags. Thanks for joining us, brother. Hey, man. You, hey, let me see the captain one more time so I can look at how sorry you guys are. <laughs> look, he, the he captain is even, always very close. Can't to help me. you out. If I go driving around Austin, he's on the dashboard. He's yeah. just kind of like my bobblehead. He's yeah, right give me, there for give me, me. Give me big CC Sabathia's bombass out there, too. Come man. on. Man. The pinstripes. <laughs> Shoot. All right, I well, championship, Buck. Go buy another championship. We're going to earn ours, baby, in Birdland. Oh, we only got 27 of them. It's not uh, like. Yeah. Rub it in, buddy. Rub it in. It's only 27. Baseball, of them. Baseball's got FU money. Baseball's got FU money, man. And the Yankees do it best. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Yes, they do. Gentlemen, be good, man. Be All right, there he goes. The great Adam Wagner. Good stuff. Helping you out with some fantasy football, talking to baseball as well. Wags is the best. And uh, yeah, fun conversation. Don't How forget about the- that nut. Don't forget that nut. Don't forget that nut. It's tough yeah. to perform right after you get your nut. That is according to, I think Socrates had that first, and then and then the wags, <laughs> <laughs> and then wags had it second. All right, some more shout outs to a, a few more of our sponsors, Buck. How about Doctor Greg Eckert? Yes, that guy is my guy for sure. He's been doing it for twenty seven years. He's got an all star group of professionals. They do everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work and restoring teeth. Well, I had mine done in just two visits. I had these lovely veneers put in with the Denzel smile, thanks to Dr. Eckert, but also dental implants. Find out if you're a candidate for dental implants by giving Dr. Eckert a call at 512-345-3166. And folks, if you've got, if, if you won't go to the dentist because you are scared, I mean, don't let that be the case. If you have to have yourself knocked out, Dr. Ecker will knock you smooth out. That's right. He'll knock you smooth out to make sure that your dental care is taken care of. There's no, there's, there's no doubt about how wonderful he is. But regular dentistry, extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth loss solutions, teeth whitening. You want to have that smile that you've always been wanting to have. Go to Dr. Greger, Greg Eckert, folks. Like I said, he's done over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth. And I've got these done in just to visit so then when i take my little selfie with you know with the captain it's just me and the captain we're both smiling because we are (laughs) champions thank you dr eckert oh my god i don't think dr eckert wants to be sponsoring those pictures my goodness My goodness. Shout out to Doc U. Shout out to our friends also at Woods Comfort Systems. If uh, something's wrong with your AC in your home, don't don't just Try to tough it out. Dude, it's ridiculously hot outside. Call our friends at Wood Comfort Systems to get your AC 
fixed. They're the very best at what they do. They've been in business here in Central Texas for more than six decades now. That's right. These are not a fly-by-night company, uh, not just random dudes who are going to knock on your door and say they know how to fix your AC, but really whenever they try, they're going to screw something up. Now, these guys have been in business for 60 years. AC maintenance, repair and installation, heater repair and service, ductwork, attic insulation. They also do plumbing as well. I'm telling you, the very best in the business here in Central Texas, Woods Comfort Systems. Check them out online, woodscomfortsystems.com, or call them, 512-842-506. What are you saying? They just don't knock you. It was not, it's not Jehovah Witness. They don't just come and knock at the door <laughs> trying to sell you some, some magazines or something. No. They're not trying to convert you. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're just yeah, uh, going to show up whenever you call them to uh, get your AC unit hooked up the way that it should be hooked up. Uh, a reminder, you've got about five minutes left to enter our giveaway for these Texas Rice tickets. That's right. We're giving away a pair of tickets to this weekend's Longhorn game. All you have to do, subscribe to this channel if you haven't done that yet. Hopefully you already have. Like this video. If you haven't done that yet, hopefully you already have. And leave a comment. It's that simple. You've got now four minutes to do it. Before we get out of here, after the conclusion of Bucky and BK, I will enter all of y'all's names into a randomizer, and we will announce. <laughs> you quit saying that's killing me. Randomizer. What the hell does a randomizer look like? Will you show me tomorrow what the randomizer looks like? I will Please. show you. I will show <laughs> I will show you what the randomizer looks like, but we'll announce the winner during Trey and oh BK from 12 to 1 later today. So it's that simple. Those three steps, you do those, you're entered to win. Thanks to our friends at Syntex Tickets for that. A couple of more quick shout-outs. Last Stand Hats. You see the big Bison logo on the bottom of your screen. Gear up for game day with our friends at Last Stand Hats. Check them out, laststandhats.com. Tons of cool UT stuff. They've got stuff for Texas Tech, for Texas State, for UNT, for UTSA, for a ton of different schools all across the state of Texas, plus some badass just hats and golf polos as well. All of it on site, laststandhats.com. Thanks to them. Thanks to our friends at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Drove by Top Gun, the Anderson Square location yesterday. They've got all kinds of tools, man. Anything you need to get any job done, they've got it for rent or for buy at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment, the Anderson Square location, and, of course, the Down South location on South 1st Street as well. Topgun.net, we will shoot you straight. But what you got going on the rest of the day, my friend? We have work to do. we got to get things going on. We've got to get straight because we got big things happening this weekend for, for you, myself, and the rest of the gang. And we want to be out there. We want to be amongst the people. We want to make sure that, you know, there is a game this weekend. We want to, we want to be able to bring you the best pregame show that you have ever seen. We're going to be part of it. We will be out for a pregame show, folks. We'll let you know here probably in the next 48 hours where we'll be and, and what we'll be talking about and who will be a part of it. But you're not going to get anything better than what we're going to give to you for Saturday for sure. And that would be each and every Saturday's home and away for Texas football. Amen. Pre-game and post-game right here on Absolutely. Texas Sports Unfiltered. We've got you covered. All of our great talent on this channel will be a part of our game day experience. We want to bring you guys the very, very best. And uh, no commercials. You know, you don't know ridiculous commercial breaks like you have to get from some of the radio stations out there. You just get us. For a few hours, talking Texas football, setting the stage 
for that weekend's game. And of course, the post game show will be great as well. Immediately after the conclusion of every Longhorn game, we'll be taking y'all's questions. We'll be giving our thoughts. We'll be giving out awards. We've got everything taken care of for y'all. So yes, it's going to be a ton of fun. Game week is officially upon us. We've got a lot going on here on Texas Sports Unfiltered and more big time announcements too. Some lineup additions. Yes, we got more coming. More? Hopefully you didn't think we were done, Buck. We got more coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very excited about some of the things we'll be able to announce later this week. We're not going to make y'all wait for two weeks, three weeks, a month, October, November. No, we've got the announcements we'll be making later this week right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We've got a ton of cool stuff planned for you guys. And once again, the big giveaway when we get to 5,000 subscribers. Keep telling your friends, the quicker we get to five, uh, 5K, the quicker you are going to have your chance to cash in on those tremendous prizes, plural. And, Buck, I know you're doing a lot of work getting some of those prizes, too. Absolutely, man. And we're, we're getting sponsors by the day. I mean, people want to be a part of this. They want to be a part of the unfiltered. But what they want is the best they can get when it comes to Longhorn sports and sports in general, NFL, baseball, we're going to give you everything that, that you want, everything that you want to hear. And if you need more, let us know. Let Amen. us know. We'll we'll be glad to, glad to talk about it, glad to get it in for you. You guys are the most important people out there. So we'll get it done just for you. Our subscribers will be important to us as we continue to gather subscribers each and every day. We appreciate your 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 help. And that freebie, what's that, what's that one deal where they just give us free money? Isn't there a spot where we get $10 here, $5 there? People are donating, giving giving money to us. Did we get some money from Afghanistan or didn't the Taliban give you some money, a $10 donation or something? Oh, it was a guy from New Zealand who was. Oh, oh, okay. Wasn't the Taliban. Yeah, the Super Chats. Hey, you can, uh, you can always throw those towards us super anytime chat. you want. Nice. Yeah, always appreciate that. But great job today, my friend. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. All right, brother. Hook them. That's going to do it for us. Hook them. See y'all. 12 to 1, Trey and BK, then 1 to 3, Chip and Zay.